Hi, I'm Debbie Hazelton, ACB Radio Managing Director. It's a pleasure to be with you. This week, our last day, oh, a little sad and and maybe also a little relieved that we made it. And uh, But I have an announcement. I just got off the phone with Cindy Hollis, and uh, there's a nightcap community call each evening through this convention. And our wonderful president, Dan Spoon, has been going on this community call lately, and I think he's discovered how incredibly awesome it is. We are going to air that tonight on ACB Radio Mainstream after the convention. I just made a decision on the fly, and I will stay up with it and stream it, and... um, let people have a chance for additional wind-down, sort of jump in, a little bit of a something that shows that we're moving from where we are now into the future without anyone feeling like, oh, no, they're leaving. We're not. <laughs> we're not. So I'm going to take a, a moment of personal privilege and play this kind of funny little outtake that I I created. Rick and I, Rick Morin and I actually created. Um, he got this and I decided to turn it into something that we keep. And I haven't played it all week. So Dan, <laughs> if you're listening, here's the spirit of our wonderful president. Hello, this is Dan Spoon, President of the American Council of the Blind. I just want to give a big hip, hip, hooray out there to our tremendous membership that does such a great job. Oh, somebody's hugging me here. Not yet, but I'm going to. I'm being recorded. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> right, start over. Oh, that'll, that'll be good. ACB, where <laughs> ACB is love. It is. Being hugged by the membership membership coordinator as we speak. (laughs) Good morning, Cindy. Good morning, Dan. (laughs) (laughs) You can use part of it if you want. That'll be fine. We'll do take one and then take take two. two. Now, needless to say, I must say, that was before social distancing. (laughs) Is that not funny? Oh, my gosh. And that is what we miss. We miss our hugs. We miss hugging. Oh, and I send all of you a big virtual hug from me. And we have lots of Microsoft this afternoon. And I know Jeff Bishop, our... um, board rep and who works at Microsoft and the chair of the steering committee for ACB Radio is going to present and do an awesome job. Jeff has done an awesome job this week working on the podcast and all kinds of things. The 2020 ACB Conference and Convention is going virtual this year and so is the monthly monetary support team. 
We can't be in the exhibit hall this year, but you'll still be able to reach us by phone or by email during convention week. Sign up for as little as $10 a month or increase your monthly donations by $5 and you'll be entered in a daily drawing for a $100 gift card. Everybody who has signed up or increased their donations between the end of the 2019 convention and the end of the 2020 convention will be entered in a drawing for an iPhone 11. Want more information about MMS? Check the box on your registration form and we'll contact you. Stay tuned for more information as the convention gets closer. The MMS team hopes to hear from you. California, Florida, Iowa, Texas, guide dog users, students, IT professionals, government employees. The American Council of the Blind has members in all 50 states and is actively engaged in a wide variety of activities. We advocate for the education, employment, and social inclusion of all blind and visually impaired Americans. We publish a monthly magazine. We hold an annual conference and convention and operate a multi-channel internet radio station. Check us out at acb.org. Together, we can do anything. This is Cindy Van Winkle, Membership Services Coordinator. If you are not already part of the ACB family, you can join us by going to acb.org or call us at 612-332-3242 and we'll help you join our community. Hi, everybody. Have you heard about the multiple ways you can listen to the 2020 ACB Conference and Convention? Yeah, I heard that you can call in and listen by phone at 518-906-1820. Another way is to go to www.acbradio.org slash streams. Pick your favorite one and listen. You can also use the ACB Link app for Android and iPhone. Nice. One of my favorite ways is to use my Victor Reader stream by going to the online menu and picking the internet radio app. You can even use your smart speaker to listen in. There are seven Amazon Echo skills that you can use. Just say Open ACB Radio Mainstream Skill. Or Open ACB Mainstream West Skill. Open ACB Radio Cafe Skill. Open ACB Radio Community Skill. Open ACB Radio Treasures Skill. So choose one of those methods and join us July 3rd through the 10th for the ACB National Conference and Convention through ACB Radio where your listening is our business. Well, we know it is the 10th. However, ways to listen to ACB Radio will live on. And Cindy, we need to update and get some promos out there for you as you have a different last name now from when that was made. But that was a previous incarnation, right? So I'm just so proud. I see Rick back there in the Boston control room making all kinds of adjustments with our webinar. And I can't even imagine what an ordeal it has been for him. Uh, And, you know, I guess some people wondered why I didn't mention him in ACB radio at the time uh, when I gave my report. You know, I, I, I have to say that I think of Rick in a way as in charge of a different empire that's part of all this. And ACB Radio, even though Rick has been involved with ACB Radio, ACB Radio has uh, a production team and broadcasters, and even though Rick has certainly been involved with streaming Tuesday Topics, I think of Rick as over there in another quadrant arena working heavily on the background of what it has taken to do 
all of this with webinar, Facebook, YouTube, the video, and yeah, working with with uh, Tony and and actually, I mean, it's absolutely pivotal. Speaking of Rick's pivot tables, it's pivotal to everything that we're doing. It's just in a way, in a in a way, from a working standpoint, from a day to day kind of operational thing, a little bit on a different page. Like we at ACB Radio are not so involved in what he's doing. I can't even begin to imagine doing what he's doing. Tony Stevens, our Director of Development, uh, behind the scenes in so many things, gave excellent reports yesterday, helping to coordinate all the recordings of the angels. I think there are more of those today, and scholarships. And Tony gave us a great report about the development of continuing development of ACB. And what an incredible presentation last night of the advocacy update. Oh my God, not advocacy update, but the advocacy boot camp. You know, I got to say, Claire and Clark, I have an idea for a show. And Kelly, Kelly, I know Kelly Gask is presenting today. I have an idea Oh, you know me and ideas. Oh, I bet you that's, it says Slash has joined the meeting. I probably have to update my my scripts that I bought that I still never put in place. And Deb Lewis, our Zoom czar, Deb will be around a lot later today and tonight streaming. And, uh, oh, there's Tony. Hey, you got here. You must have gotten out of the makeup booth. They let you out, huh? <laughs> They did, yeah. yeah. Um, It's okay. Good morning. Good morning. It's here. Yeah. Final day of convention. I know. (sighs) Sigh. I know. Sad and and, in triumph. What triumph? Oh, my heavens. How's everybody feeling in our general session, getting in and getting their seats? Well, I announced we're going to have a community call tonight. Cindy asked um, that Dan was wondering, could we stream the community call? So the nightcap will be on after you and me close out the convention, and and the nightcap will continue. All right. The after party. (laughs) That's right. Ah, What do they call it? A wrap party. A wrap party. Yeah, when you break the set down and uh, it's a wrap. It's a wrap. Yeah. It's a wrap. Wow. So how, I don't think I got to hear much from you last night about the advocacy boot camp because you were sitting there listening to all that, weren't you? We were, yeah. And it was, um, you know, we we were were listening more for technical stuff. Oh, okay. It was good. I thought it was Uh, awesome. You know, it was Claire and, and Clark were... Uh, they're a good team. They are they're, a great team. They, uh, they're they're sort of a a Siegfried and Roy of advocacy. Can I say that without the tiger? I don't know. <laughs> and um, those stories were awesome. They were good stories. Oh. And then and then just hearing about you know the various ways to to you know kind of letting people know that, look this is how we've had success and this is where we've had trials like you know uh, Jim on our board uh, is a fantastic attorney and lawyer and his insight and you know look, we did this and maybe this should have been, you know, it it was just really good. I think just really good advice. Like if anything, people, you know, I learned stuff and I've done advocacy for 25 years now. So wow, it was good. I want to hear more of your stories about that going forward. I I really think that is just 
I, I mean, just to even be a fly on the wall in rooms where some of that is going on, I just think we could you know, some role plays. There's a lot more things. new dogs to shine the light on than me. I'm, I'm weathered and warm. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but, you know, that that's also a very important point of view because many times we get burned out from advocacy. I used to advocate all the time for paratransit, and boy, did I get burned out. It is very easy to... Mm-hmm. Feel like you're just you're just banging up against the wall time and time and time again. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you know yeah. you 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 learn to measure differently, right? Like we think time is different for a for a flea than it is for a human. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you just you kind of in a sense measure time differently. It's that it's that book. I don't know if you ever read that book, Pillars of Earth. No. Uh, about the building of this giant cathedral, and there's this whole plot that goes around it. You know, kind of thing. But um, but yeah, it's just that idea that you know sometimes it you know. People have different perceptions of time, mm-hmm. and uh, you know you just learn to measure it differently and, and think of it as baby steps. That's interesting. Yeah, I know we might have some guests today, like Carla and our minute minute. Yeah, we got our mini mini mall, mini mall minute minutia minute. Yeah, <laughs> milieu, the the mini mall milieu. <laughs> Do the we fine have substance that is in the mini mall? That's right. So that's a look at time. Is Carly here yet? Time and substance from another perspective. Who else is in Carly? You mean uh, Boston, too. Hey, Boston, too. Are we going to get some Boston cream pie for the audience or Boston baked beans or anything like that? I don't know. I think we need to send that stuff up to Rick for his hard work. That's right. What's on your docket for today? So we're doing the pledge, and then we are, what else are we doing? Goodness. Uh, I'm just kind of hanging in the background today. I don't get okay. to stream today. I know. So Deb's going to be. Deb's we're going to stream in the, the Microsoft meetings of mainstream. So I, I've had a pleasurable time. It's a Debbie stream radio. day. Deb, Deb yeah. stream day. <laughs> Two Debs. And, and Jeff is presenting. On he is. Afternoon. So yeah. Check that out. You know, he's, his expertise is narrator for Windows Narrator. That's right. And we so those have, are, I think all those are on mainstream, aren't they? They are. And we have our banquet tonight. We do, we do. So I'm uh, going to show up in my flip flops and my uh, my sh- my uh, beach comber shorts and <laughs> hey, my floppy hat. And, all right, you know, I'll, I'll be a little bit more. <laughs> bit. So it is a banquet after. It is a banquet. I know. I'm going to put on a dress, a different one, yeah. and uh, that's going to be. What fun. food are you going to get? Are you going to order in? Or are you making something up? Or well, I was hoping Janet was going to see to it that everyone was served. I know Jeff wants a steak. Poor Janet. <laughs> <laughs> she called That's me. a lot of grub yeah. <laughs> Janet uh, was calling. We're going to make the banquet to start at 7.30. We somewhere have 7 and, and 7.30, but the banquet is going to start at 7.30 because of... Um, and you and I are on before... Are we the dog and pony show then at 7? or we, I believe it is at 7 and with Orbit... I mean, uh, Orcam, Orcam. Yeah. Oh, excuse me, Orcam, and their raffle. We'll be doing a drawing. Yeah, Orcam yeah, will be doing a drawing. drawing. We we just put their video up and some other videos. We got Vespero oh, and Microsoft up now. We're uploading to the great. YouTube channel, and we've got some more other videos. Uh, actually, that's one of the things I'm doing. When after we do our little um, thing for the opening session, our general, our we're going to be doing the pledge here. Okay. For everybody from the main office, just as a little nod Good. and last day. And we will be 
sending that out. And then after that, I'm going to actually jump on and actually start working on getting some of the stuff uploaded. Oh, that's excellent. It's very exciting. I know Orcam and others will be so happy and view plus. Well, it's um, just, there's been visual elements. Yeah. The, the convention that people, uh, you know, that, that, can see and even even here the information is really helpful just to listen in on so oh, check indeed. out our youtube it's acb national well you can search american council of the blind on youtube but uh we've just set up our channel which is acb national which is for now going to have a lot of the convention stuff we're posting up there so and if you're not on our acb radio lists we have a friends at acbradio.org and we have a radio dash announce at acbradio.org and i think you can find all of our lists on acb.org and or the acb radio lists might be on acbradio.org but if you want to get announcements of future uh, shows that are streamed some of them are listed in cindy's community call list but others will be listed on those two lists that i just mentioned and i know cindy wants cindy has community calls that are going to even going are going to air tomorrow and then we will uh, be working out um, more scheduling next week and we'll be letting you know which streams they are on because I'm not sure we haven't decided yet if exhibits are coming down tomorrow or if they're staying up through the weekend Jason and I have been discussing that and um, so just lots of things lots of things very exciting Wow. So stay tuned. And I know that there are sidewalk sales at the mini mall. That could be Carla. Uh-huh, um, uh-huh. Too busy to the, get uh, in here. The, the mad rush. Uh, everything Ooh. must go. Everything must go. Wow. And mugs yeah. and all kinds of things on sale today. And that wow. number is 877-969-MALL. 877-969-6255. Yeah. Six two five five, and then we'll be back at one, and then so we're going to come back at seven. Then you think uh, is that right? I think the so. The is going to be six to seven. I think. I think so, uh, but I'll be around in case they end any differently. I I haven't checked in, but we will be on, and we'll be on for a little bit after the banquet, just to um, you know give put a bow on it, and. Um, any closing kinds of things and then the community call will be on i will stay and the nightcap yes indeed stay tuned for folks to find out how to get those that announcement for the community announcement i'm sure it'll go over one of our lists oh indeed indeed and uh we will uh, be posting and announcing that it will be here on mainstream and you can listen and or you can come in on zoom i'm sure cindy will uh, post it and i can post it over to the acb radio list when i see it um and or and acbl as well so oh everyone thank you so much for being with us and i'm i'm hearing that many of you have been enjoyed the convention and i'm so happy and i know we're going to get new shows new broadcasters new community calls new donors new new everything out of this we've been we've been very fortunate so you know hello to everybody where we're new in your home so hopefully we're finding you being safe and being well and getting through this time of isolation because it's been a long four months so if anything this has been a chance for people to get together and just just 
socialize, you know, there's the, our community calls have been great, um, but not, not to this scale, which has been fantastic. Oh. Have this many hundreds and hundreds of people listening in and interacting and engaging. So it's been fabulous. So really and truly indeed. And I just heard now that we're, we're uh, streaming to Facebook. We are. So good morning, Facebook. And again, good morning, ACB radio. Indeed. I would be hard pressed as not to say, you know, welcome to the Convention Connect show. Indeed. I am Tony Stevens. Yes, you are. Director of and Development. You are. Debbie Hazelton. Debbie Hazelton. So the yeah. Debbie and Tony show. Yes. Yeah, um, right. And we got to remember to thank Humanware. Thank you, Humanware, oh. where you can listen on the Victor stream to the Convention. We love you, Humanware. So thanks for sponsoring Convention thank Connect. Thank you so much for all your good work. Yeah. All so we've got spirit. some good stuff coming up on the show, yeah. We um, do. Do we have anyone? Dan is. Huh? Yeah, well, Dan is coming in as, I mean, as president, uh, starting yeah. off, and then we're going to have Kim Charleston, the past president, oh, good. Uh, as the as the officer okay. uh, that's, that's representing, um, and then we will have, Eric's going to be giving up and giving a presentation, right. we're going to have Kelly talking about our communications, you'll hear some about the blog yes. and the other ways, really to stay in touch with us, because that's going to be the key, is mm-hmm. today is the last day of the convention. But how can we stay in touch after this convention? That's Keep right. Keep this relationship going. Keep it that going. Made the past week. Keep so. the excitement. And Kim, I have wanted to give a special shout out to you for a couple of things. Uh, I very much appreciated your role in the auction. It was just, it was really neat to just hear you in there being such a great part of the whole thing and reading those descriptions and talking and being a part of all that. I don't know. It was just very enjoyable. And I also enjoyed you yesterday and that whole program on the future of Braille. Paul, Mm -hmm. uh, I was texting you about numbers of people listening, but the numbers were climbing higher and there were, ah, Patty's raising her hand, but there were over 300 people uh, listening to that stream. And I think... There were over 100 on Zoom, and Judy Dixon was watching the Zoom, and I think Judy Dixon would be an excellent Zoom trainer as well as um, a show host and all kinds of things. So anyway, I'm just, re- I'm just saying your names because I'm saying I want, I want to recruit you. I want to recruit more of you. <laughs> Good, Good morning. morning. Live in Louisville. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. So you want me to go ahead and do the mini-mall? Yeah, let's hit our mini-mall minute. What do we got today? Well, it will be a little bit longer than a minute. Okay. Take your time. Today we have some sale items. Mm -hmm. And I have my little assistant, Samantha. She is wearing our new crossbody, 100% genuine leather purse. And and, uh, it smells wonderful for those who love Mm. the leather smell. Um, It's not too big. Um, she is wearing it right now, and um, we also have some other things. We have our backpack that we have shown in the past. Um, she's going to get that real quick and to show one more time. And it is very big. It has a huge pocket that you can put your laptop in. In the next pocket, you can put your iPad, your iPhone, other things, and there's a big slip pocket on the front of it that has a Velcro enclosure. It does have a port in order for you to get your headphones in, and it has a key ring. Wow. So that's <laughs> one of them. Um, we also have a new water bottle that you could put in your backpack. And it it looks like it has a cherry 
uh, wood grain finish, but it is copper and stainless steel, and the lid screws off. So it looks like an old soda pop. Um, we have two different mugs that we want to feature today. One, um, they, they all have the official um, convention picture on it. One is the latte mug. It's the bigger one. It's new. It's nice. And then we have the 11 and 15 ounce mugs. And all of the um, items that have the official color image of the convention are all $2 off today. And the backpack, the messenger bag, the water bottle, the purse, they are 10% off today. So everyone, give us a call, place your orders, and um, and have a great day today. Hey Patty, what about what about those uh, those big cups that have the lid that you put a straw in? And we were talking about tops for those. Are those still available? Yes, but we have not received the lid yet. Oh, okay. All right. We're in hopes to be getting them. Okay. Um, well, there's been a little delay in that because of COVID. Yeah. Yeah, everything's been shipping. Everybody's been days. flipping their lid. Okay. Well, we're glad you got all the stuff we got. So that's great. <laughs> it's wonderful. Yes. Great. I think I want those water bottles, actually. Yeah, Thanks, they're Patty. great. They're, love they're wonderful, and they mm-hmm. keep yeah. your, the ice can stay in there about 24 hours. Yes, and yeah. hot liquids for 12. I have one yes. a lot like those, and uh, those are great. We will be back a little bit later. Yeah, we'll talk to you after 1 o'clock. Okay. Thank Take you. Care. Thank yep. you. 877-629-MALL. 877-MALL. 969 mall. 969 mall. I'm sorry. 969 Well, they have the two numbers. So the mall one is the 969, I believe. So 969 yeah. 9 mall. Which is what? 6255. 6255. Wow. Yep. Okay. Wow. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I, I wake up. I wake up saying that number in the middle of the night now. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I woke up. Thinking, wait a minute, which link am I supposed to use to get in there this morning? And I'm like, oh man, Debbie, <laughs> we've all been doing so much of this. Wow, wow, wow. I'm going to be having dinner tomorrow night and saying, this dinner is brought to you by. <laughs> yeah, that's great. <laughs> you know, tonight our dinner is brought to be brought to you by everybody. That's Tonight's right. Tonight's dinner is brought to you by well. Uh, well, it's not brought to you, literally brought to you. So, sorry, folks, we can't. BYOD, bring your own that's dinner. a little too hard in COVID 19. Yeah, BYOD. <laughs> it's a BYOD. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's so good, though. So exciting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Checking anyone else that we need to get in here that's. I think that's it for this morning. You know, yeah. it's kind of the end of the week. Nobody wants to hang with us anymore. I know. and no, But I know Janine has been with us, and I know there are going to be more Ira kinds of goodies, announcements no. coming out. And uh, if you don't have Ira um, and, or, and you want to get it, ACB has a uh, rate where you can get it for less as a member of ACB. And so that's all very exciting. I used them yesterday again with Team Viewer for for uh, filling out something on a website that had some unlabeled check boxes. Yeah. So um, good stuff. So are you going to uh, some far off location starting on Saturday, Debbie? Or are you uh, more like going to go hideaway? Horizontal. 
location, maybe, yeah, you know. Just pass out for a few days. Yeah, but I'm also going to be around to help Cindy with streaming some things because I know there's an app for that and a sports kind of something I think she's got on tomorrow. And, you okay. know, as tired as we might be, I know there are going to be people that are like, yes, 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 please bring it, bring it, bring it. And we want to keep bringing it. So, and we will. And so I am, I'm just stoked. I'm so proud. I really am. It's been great. So, so what are you going to do tomorrow? <laughs> I get to see my family for the first time in eight days. Woo! So I'm going to have the wife and the kids are going to come pick me up in the morning oh. from the hotel. I've been oh. staying at a hotel next to the office just because we've been That's getting right. in, you know, I've been getting like 6.30 each morning and going home at 11.30. And the, the buses and trains all stop running because of COVID. Or it's like super early now. So, so yeah, so I'm looking forward to, to hanging out with my family and, and probably, probably taking an extremely long nap. So... But, yeah, oh. we might, but we might go for a hike or something. Just go outside. It's That's like outside. outside. What is outside like? I know. <laughs> oh, that is so good. That's the best part about having a guide dog is it forces you to go outside. That's so. true. I know some of us will be continuing to edit, edit, edit a lot of yeah. content to yeah. get into the podcast. So uh, I know... There will be we'll a be, lot. We'll be editing some stuff on this one too to get up on YouTube and Facebook. Just some, you know, mm-hmm. greatest hits of the convention and some, you know, we oh, did yeah. this morning and I know Rick did as well, like a behind the scenes because people are curious. Oh. Like, How have you all been doing this? Like from a tech standpoint. Good, so. Rick. That's great. That's wonderful. Yeah. I know. Uh, people have been very curious about our setups and different things. So, yeah, that's great. And and um, I'm sure we could even put some of that, if there's description, up on ACB Radio. So, um, yeah, But there will so. be a lot more coming with ACB Radio Roundtable. And, you know, we want to come out from behind the scenes so that you get to know more of the broadcasters and other people. And we want to get to know you and um so we're gonna be doing a lot of cool stuff yeah, so. very exciting but looking forward to the banquet tonight it's going to be uh kelly eric and i um we, we don't want to put the whole staff in an office where i know it's hard to social distance but the three that have been the rock this week um here in the national office or the other two kelly and, and eric will be Indeed. based out but it'll be nice it'll make it seem like we're of some great Great wealth, because we have a long conference table, and it'll be like, can you please pass the gray poupon? <laughs> and then one of our guide dogs will put it on his back and then walk down, so that way we're, you know, no one's actually coming in contact. What, with was, what was that joke? Back and, what was that joke about, like, force du jour or something? What was that joke earlier this week? Oh, the, yeah, the, the, I think Dan made it about, you know, he's having for the banquet force du jour, which was the... Uh, <laughs> Which was the the legal term that means uh, you know act of God or the force of, of, of yes you know, the times that um, <laughs> helped us get out of uh, you know our contract. Oh, that's we're right. Really concerned about you know yeah. um, you know we were locked into a, a very sizable contract, and because we said look we'll come back in twenty twenty three, and with the force du jour, uh, we were able to to not be held to that contract fortunately because of that COVID. was really so good that helped us that helped us start this convention on a good leg in the sense that we weren't uh having a huge anxiety um uh, of because uh, they hotels are not cheap as anyone that's ever planned a wedding probably knows or you know uh, anything like that that's right an event at a hotel um there's quite a bit of markup and, and you're, you're locked into contracts years in advance so mm-hmm but yeah, we were very fortunate. The board, we you know, helped make that decision, and 
That was only one, two, three, a little End over of March. That decision was made. Yeah, just a little over three months ago. Yeah. Wow, we, we, my goodness. As soon as they made the decision, that was mm -hmm. a Monday night, Tuesday, April 1st. Was, I know. April no, Fool's. Uh, March 31st, yeah. And then April 1st was that Wednesday. We hit the ground running. We so. did. We did. Here we are. It's almost over. <laughs> Amazing. I'm so, yep. oh my God, so proud. It's just yeah. a week ago that this began on the 3rd. Incredible. Yeah. And I think after a couple of days, we were like, oh my goodness, we're already exhausted. And here we are. And it's it's um, it's exciting, but a little sad. Like, oh my God, where did it go? <laughs> a little sad, but I've already heard our Minneapolis office is partying hard. So that's good, good Minneapolis. Nancy they Becker, it. they have been working extra hard because they've been doing the ones doing all the shipping and I all the MMS, MMS and all the registrations. And Alicia and they, they are a Nancy. Constant hum. Oh my gosh, Nancy Fila and Nancy Becker and. And uh, Lane Waters in there helping out so much. Yeah, Lane's been, been pulling oh, over time. Yes. Still helping out. Yes, absolutely. So, yeah, so we've been... Uh, and Janet yeah, Dickelman. We're ready for a break. I know, Janet. Janet you're just this, near yeah. that Minnesota office, not far. And She gets uh, at least a six-hour break tomorrow, and then she has to start working on Phoenix. So I know. We don't give her that much time. But <laughs> I said five minutes, and it might be just yeah. that for me. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. Now, my hope is Janet's able to find some quiet place. And I hope so. And cell phone off. Yeah. So I know the there was... Has her number. There was one night she wrote some of us and said, I'm turning off my phone. Because it was not stop ringing. I mean, there were so many more registrants. And she yeah. would hang it up, and there was another one there. And that's a good, a good challenge to have. And yet it's good for any one of us to know, I need a break. I need some R&R. Yeah. &R. <laughs> I need so, some sleep. I know. I know. <laughs> oh, some of us are still wired on adrenaline, I know. <laughs> some of us are starting to lose it, though. We can feel it. Yep. So. Yep. Yeah. Slowly creeping up. That, that. So we'll see. Yeah. Indeed. Well, you know. Um, I think we're getting close. What I time think we got it's, here? Let's see. It's 9.53. And... Uh, so we got about 954, seven minutes. Yeah, six. Mm -hmm. And um, I hate to break the stream. I know sometimes editors wish. Well, we should be able to go up. I mean, we on this end can go up. So what was your favorite part of the week? Tell me that. The most memorable part of this week. Um, it's either between the incredible numbers that I kept seeing over and over again or the excitement of the auction. I think the mm. auction was just, I was stoked. But I don't know, content-wise, yesterday's Braille, um, future Braille was my favorite thing that I actually listened to, <laughs> had a chance cool. to listen to. What about you? Yeah. I really dug, So I got to listen to some of the um, storytelling campfire and the Lego Ooh. presentation. Oh, yeah. But then, uh, you know, probably just opening night. Like it was... Because, you know, we had to do an hour delay um, because the tech was, you know, uh, we were we were at the mercy of technology. But, man, as soon as that started going, it was like we were like a, you know, we were taxiing. And then sometimes you got to pull off to the side when you're taxiing and wait while they clear the airspace. <laughs> true. But as soon as that airspace cleared, we were, I was hanging on the back. I, I keep telling people this week, it's like holding on to the back tail of a 787. Just 
holding on, on for the entire week. Indeed. So that was exciting. That was a lot of energy. And then and then when it when it that night ended, you know, because we had been where folks don't know, I mean, since March thirty first when we had just one hundred ten percent dove in. Uh, we haven't really stopped, and, no. and it just was that that momentum and that energy, and then that first Sunday night when we just said, you know what, we did it, and we all high fived yeah. and well, sort of, you know <laughs> virtual against the yeah. webcam high five, fist bumped on the webcam. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, it was it was cool. So it was uh you know yeah, isn't it nice fun. when you know. You know what you you know what's possible, and then it takes a lot of sort of tripping and stumbling, and yeah. then all of a sudden, you know, it's like, hey, you're on that bike, you're on that bike, and you're actually going, and it's you're not falling off. It's like, oh, okay, here we are. This is what we knew was possible, and you, and I, I you, thought like Dan Spoon's speech was great Sunday night. It was. Speech, it so. was, and and Eric and the two of them, and and mm-hmm. but you knew Tony all along. You kept saying, "It's going to be okay. We're going to do it. We're going to do it." And you and Rick, and and Kelly, and and. You know, Eric and everyone that, you know, between Boston and Washington and what you all have been doing and then what we've been doing, uh, it's, wow, just what a what an incredible team. Yeah. What an incredible so. team. So very, very exciting. Well, it wouldn't be possible without the members. So that's, that's right. why we're here. And, you know, I'm giving my, my speech on Thursday was special as well because I heard good feedback from members. And thank you to those that had kind things to say. But, uh, you know... Those were, you know, what I was saying was sort of events that were in front of the camera. What's also has been equally amazing is behind the camera. Mm-hmm. And because we had targets and goals and expectations, and we have just been so pleased with everybody's wanting to, to, to help out and contribute a little bit more this year. And thank you to everybody. Thank you to everyone. And that's why it's the American Council sincerely of, thankful of, of the blind. The blind. And, and, and we couldn't do it without you, so mm-hmm. thank you. That's right. Everyone that gave, thank you for giving. Because we last night I produced this individual sponsor segment you're going to hear in the general session this morning. Mm -hmm. And it was, these were names that were additional, the names that you'll hear shortly um, were the added names that came in after sort of the close of registration and all that when we had all the names originally that have been aired that Margin's been reading. Mm -hmm. Uh, We needed last minute to record some extra names, and and it's a long list. It's a long list. So thank you to everybody that gave as an individual sponsor. Thank you to our corporate sponsors. um, And we'll have some more thank yous, I'm sure, later. We'll try not to make this the thank you show. It's the Convention Connect show. And we're about to connect you now to the general session for Friday, the last day of this historic week. So, Indeed. Okay. Well, I will be streaming, so I'll stay right here. And I'll be uh, checking kick back and yeah oh gosh thank make you, sure Tony. your mobile phones are muted everybody yeah you know, no flash photography <laughs> and uh you know try not to interrupt anybody if you're getting up to uh go get your popcorn and that's uh, right and mockers from the concession stand <laughs> yeah Tip the concession stand people They're see if the hard. students will bring breakfast i don't know they they started and then they said they had to stop <laughs> yeah. so <laughs> See, well, that's, oh. a, that's what ACB students next year could do if we have. I, I hope we never have to do this virtual element again. I know. Um, we are going to have some virtual elements, yes. Indeed. There's no doubt that in There's Phoenix, no we're going to be having everyone in our live studio audience, but we're also going to be carrying this to the world again. Yep. Um, but uh, it would be great if we could try to think of ways that like ACB students could sort of do a, um, 
I don't know, maybe they could be our, our concierge. They could have a concierge service for you where you, you subscribe to an ACB student for a week and they will handle ordering your food for you and making sure you're well taken care That's of right. and you know, checking in on you, um, calling you to say, hey, have you read the newspaper yet? That's right. Yeah, they could do maybe it even you from a distance. That's right. So, yeah. I say, give so thanks us everybody. notes. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Tony. I will My speak with you a little well. later. Yeah. We'll be back on at 1 o'clock. That's so right. Thank you, Humanware. And you can listen to the convention on your Victor stream uh, for sponsoring Convention Connect. All right. Well, we're going to be getting things ready here because we got to all go on camera in a minute, too, here in the national office. So okay. I am going to sign off with you, Debbie. All right. Thank and, you, uh, Jill and Rick, thanks so much for all your help getting this thank show up you, and Jill running. Thank you, Lynn. Oh, yes. And, uh, you know, Debbie, we can uh, talk to you in a few hours. So. We thanks, will everybody. indeed. Thank you. And we are here on the stream, mainstream ACB radio, final day of convention. So, Good morning, yeah. ACB. Can you believe it? It's Friday, July 10th, the last day of our ACB 59th annual ACB conference and convention. ACB, a path to the future. Woo! Has it been just a roller coaster? It has just been so awesome. I, I have to tell you guys, as I was sitting there, and laying there last night trying to go to sleep with all the energy and excitement from this week, I felt happy. I felt sad a little that it was going to end after today. But mostly, I felt proud. Proud to be a member of the American Council of the Blind. And proud of all of you and all that you've accomplished this week. I just can't say enough about our membership, about our staff, our board of directors, our ACB radio team, our Zoom facilitators, all those wonderful convention and special interest affiliate breakout sessions. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And it's not over yet though. We've got one last day. So I want to give a huge shout out to the primetime show last night. The Advocacy Boot Camp, didn't Clark and Claire do an outstanding job? And wasn't it wonderful to hear the personal stories from Jim and Rebecca and Sheila and Brooke? It just brought it to life that advocacy is at a personal level and how much it means to all of us and celebrating our angels, letting us know that how much where we are now is based on the foundation of those that came before us. And listening to our scholarship winners and our next generation and our ACB students, I know the future is strong. And what we're doing now will build, it will build that pathway to a future. So I wanted to let sure make sure everybody knew about today's activities. Uh, we've got our ACB banquet tonight with our wonderful speaker, Roy Samuelson. We're going to hear from the awards committee, our BOP uh, publication awards as well. We're going to introduce an exciting head table, and we're going to have a Braille Forum raffle uh, to close it off. But 
It's not over yet. Let me tell you all the wonderful things leading into the banquet tonight. We're going to have a Board of Publications highlight show from 6 to 7 to uh, kind of let everybody reflect back on this week and, and all the wonderful things that have taken place. And then from 7 to 7.30, we're going to have a pre-banquet show with our Connect host, Tony and Debbie. And at that show, they're going to do the drawing for the for the OrCam uh, prize that everybody's been putting, putting, uh, put the, putting their tickets in during the week. So it's not too late. Get your tickets in for that big OrCam drawing. Then it's 7.30. And we've had a little confusion with this. So I want to make sure it's really clear. And Janet is going to continue to communicate and get the word out and Cindy and everybody throughout the day. But the banquet will start at 7.30 tonight. We think it'll probably run hour, an hour and a half. And so then after that, we're going to have a final wrap-up show uh, for a half hour immediately following the banquet. And then Cindy and her community uh, chat folks are going to be live on ACB Mainstream and in their Zoom session, just kind of doing the after, you know, the after the event wrap-up party to just, you know, giving a toast to everybody that, that participated in the convention and sharing their memories and their highlights. So please listen to that. I've been joining the community chats at the end of each day. And if you don't think those will inspire you, you, you don't have a heart. So thank you to Cindy and team. And what a great day. We've got ACB Live, ACB Radio Live channel. We'll be doing three Microsoft uh, shows during the day from 1.30 uh, till about 7. So, so please listen to those, or six, I should say. And then in addition to that, we've got Angel Eyes uh, Fitness, and we've got BPI with yoga, and we've got, of course, an audio description project on how you put audio description together and how the whole business of audio description works hosted by Joel Snyder, our ADP director. So sounds like a, just a wonderful, exciting day. And I got to give just one final quick shout out to George and Gene and our MMS team. Uh, this is the last day to put your, get your pledges in for MMS before the convention closes. Uh, we've got uh, just an amazing outpouring. Guys, we're over 310 members now. We're only 11 away from our goal of 321. I know we can do it. Just keep on giving and, and, and caring so much about our organization. Again, uh, the email to get in touch with George and Gene is uh, excuse me, askacbmms at gmail.com. That's A-S-K-A-C-B-M-M-S at gmail.com or give George a call. He's, he's manning the phone lines right now at 202-743-0755. That's 202-743-0755. We've also got just a very few a Braille form raffle tickets still left, so call the Minneapolis office and get your raffle ticket for tonight's drawing for $5,000. That number is 612-332-3242. All right, now let's get on with today's program. First, I would like to introduce to you Joseph Bundy, from the president of the Wilderness Adventures Ministry in Noble, Oklahoma, and Joseph is going to give us today's invocation. Welcome, Joseph. Thank you. 
Um, just, I guess I'll give a little background first. Um, I'm going to school for ministry and I didn't think I could handle being in a normal church setting. So I, I felt led about to start my own nonprofit, but I wanted to take it a step farther and give other people who maybe missed out on opportunities of enjoying nature and the creation and just going out and having fun since in my opinion, when you're outside in nature, it makes you feel renewed. So it's, I wanted to give people who are blind or just really any disability that had either never experienced or maybe they used to experience. And our goal is to adapt whatever they want to do to bring it back or make it accessible so they can participate or re-enjoy that activity. So I just want to say thank you for allowing me to give today's invocation with my company growing. If you guys want to check us out, our website is waministry.org. You can find all the contact information, ways you can maybe get involved if you're interested, all on our website. Feel free to shoot me an email off of there anytime. I'm happy to answer any questions, but let's go ahead and pray. Dear God, we like to say thank you for allowing us to have the ACB convention this year, Father, even though it's different than normal, Father. God, I just want to say thank you for allowing us or giving us the technology that we can all come together despite the distance or whatever um, issues are in the world with all the stuff going on, that you find a way, God, to bring everyone together and just so we can feel connected and feel unity between us. We thank you for everything you've done. We thank you for just the many options you provide us with, Father. God, I I pray that everyone involved is after this is all over, they get real. They have time to reflect and get real, real rested and kind of get back to where they need, Father. God, I just thank you for everything you've done, everything you will do. God, just be with everything for the last day and hope everything goes smoothly and the convention wraps up smoothly with no difficulties, Father. God, I just want to thank you for everything you've done. Amen. Joseph, thank you for those inspirational words, and good luck with your ministry. Sounds very exciting. Thank you. Next, this is exciting. We are going to go live to our ACB Alexandria office, and hear from our ACB staff, led by Eric Bridges, to recite our Pledge of Allegiance for the day. So take it away, Eric and team. All right, guys, you ready? Ready, ready. All right. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Go ACB. Uh, thank you all. Great job. It, it sounded wonderful. Well done. And I just have to give a shout out to Tyson, who is, uh, you know, having a veterans community chat this coming Tuesday when the community calls get get going again at six o'clock. So if you're a veteran and you're blind or visually impaired or know a blind and visually impaired veteran, or you just want to be involved with the veterans, please reach out and participate in Tyson's community call this Tuesday at six o'clock. Now, we are going to hear our corporate and individual sponsors. We've heard from a lot of you all that 
Uh, we read all of the, not only the corporate sponsors, but the individual sponsors on Wednesday. But of course, so many of you generously uh, signed up after pre-registration was over or went back and added an individual sponsorship to your registration. So we wanted to say thank you to all of you. And we are now going to hear from Marjorie Beeman, our sponsor, convention, convention sponsor coordinator. And at the end, Tony Stevens, our development director from Baltimore, Maryland, and they are going to read our 350 corporate and individual sponsors. If we left you out, it wasn't intentional, and some of you we may even have said twice, but thank you, thank you, thank you for all of us at ACB. And now, here's Marjorie and Tony. Thanks, Mr. President. Good morning to all. Thanks to all our sponsors as follows. Diamond Sponsors, 25000 Microsoft, Virtual ACB Educational Recreational Tours. Google, ACB Conference Banquet. J.P. Morgan Chase, Conference Communication Center. Banda Pharmaceutical, Convention Announcements. Emerald Sponsors, 15000 Charter Communications, ACB Radio Afternoon Broadcast. Bisparo, Virtual Information Technology Help Desk. Comcast, Virtual Information Desk. Ruby Sponsors, 10,000. AT&T, ACB Auction. Facebook, ACB Scholarship Mentoring Program. Regal Foundation, ACB Link, Health and Wellness, and ACB Walk. Adobe, Continuing Education Credit. Arcon, conference registration. Amazon, audio description project. Verizon Media, performing arts showcase. Verizon, membership Monday and transportation. Sprint accessibility and Sprint vision. T-Mobile, ACB podcast through December 2020. Onyx sponsor, 5,000. National Industries for the Blind, NIB, Advocacy and Employment, Democracy Live, Incorporated, ACB Governance Policy and Constitution and Informational Access, ARA, Video Presentation Consulting, Humanware, Convention Connect Sponsor, Macro Degeneration, ACB Walk, and Be My Eyes. Topaz sponsor, 3,000. TrackPhone, Wireless Incorporated, official sponsor of all general sessions. Buell Fund, Recreation Zone, and ACB Walk. Pearl sponsors, $1,000. Library Users of America, Lua, Talking Book Narrator. American Logistics, Affiliate President's Seminar. Lainey Feingold and Linda Dadarian, audio description of 4th of July fireworks. Thanks to all of our sponsors. You have helped make our ACB virtual conference and convention a success. ACB individual sponsors. Thanks to the many individual sponsors, it's never too late to be a sponsor. Titanium sponsor, $500. 
Metagon, RBC Wealth Management, Fred Shugart, Lucinda Talkington, Platinum Sponsors, $250, Hard Cabanella, Denise Decker, Karen Gorgie, Tom L. Jones, Barbara Lombardi, Scott Marshall, Renee Zellickson, Gold Sponsors, $100. Shane Aguilara, Colette Arvinson, Andy Arvinson, JoLynn Bailey-Page, Chris Bell, Viola Benson, Karen Blagwaski, Karen Bose, Donna Brown, Barbara Brown, Tom Burgunder, Ray Campbell, Karen Campbell, Kimberly Carmichael, Jason Castaway, Kim Charleston, Ryan Charleston, Elnor Caldwell, Beth Corley, Gail Crossan, Virginia DeBlay, Janet Dickelman, Dan Dillon, Jay Doudna, Steve Dresser, Grady Ebert, Galen Floyd, Stephen Fort, Anne Foxworth, Tom Frank, Catherine Frederick, Michael Garrett, Peggy Garrett, John Glass, Susan Glass, Debbie Grubb, Mary Harvin, Debbie Hazelton, George Holliday, Donald Horn, Douglas Hunsinger, Christine Hunsinger, Douglas Ingram, Terrell Jones, Vicki Kennedy, Maria Christick, Kathy Lamb, Alan Limley, Jean Mann, John McCann, Glenn McCulley, Harvey Miller, Charles Navaretti, National Capital Area Chapter, Rhonda Nelson, Nicolette Noyles, Alan Peterson, Mitchell Pomerantz, Donna Pomerantz, Edwin Rumsey, Carla Russell, Adam Russell, Claudia Schreiber, Sandra Sermons, Joel Schneider, Dan Spoon, Karen Spry, Sue Staley, Sharon Sosbluski, Joe Telefono, Miles Tamasharo, Gail Wilt, Linda Yax, Vida Zavali. Silver sponsors, $50. Dave Adams, Barbara Appleby, Jessica Barr, Sean Barrett, Artis Bazin, Marjorie Beeman, Kevin Burkery, Philip Blythel, Rick Bogus, Betty Bogus, Elaine Boykin, Teresa Bazzelli, Ronald Brooks, Carolyn Burley, Olivia Chavez, Sarah Conrad, Barbara Connor, Charles Conran, Mary Ellen Conran, Norman Delkey, Christopher Devlin, Rita Delkey, Daryl Eaton, Paul Edwards, Marsha Farrow, Vicki Golightly, William Grinnan, Marion Huselrud, Cynthia Haraka, Karen Hughes, Jim Jarek, Richard Johnson, Carol Jones, Thomas Love, Michael Malver, 
Cheryl Migley, Rose Miller, Shirley Myers, Michael O'Brien, Norman Ota, Chris Prentice, Jay Rosmuncy, Gary Rawlings, Herbert Rito, Carl Richardson, Cheryl Richardson, Joyce Rogers, Harris Rosenwick, Myra Ross, Lori Scherf, Kenneth Simeon Sr., Patrick Sheehan, Jeff Tom, Leslie Tom, Joseph Tigler, Mary Welch, Sheila Young, bronze sponsors, $25, Albert Anderson, Kathy Arnold, Relay Arrington Johnson, William Besler, Andrew Barcasso, Thomas Belson, Kathy Blackburn, Audley Blackburn, Susan Bowmaster, Julie Brantley, Anne Brash, Marie Bryant, Kathleen Brockman, Donna Browning, Melanie Brunson, Margaret Buckman Garcia, Michael Byington, Anne Byington, Earl Boyd, Leola Campbell, Lawrence Carter, Kathy Casey, Anne Chipapetta, Louise Tuna, Ferta Kibble, Jeremy Cogden, Natalie Couch, Patty Cox, Christy Crispin, Edward Crispin, Cheryl Cummins, Annie Davis, Debbie Deathrich, Margie Donovan, Brian Deffelmeyer, Mike Duke, Kathleen Duke, Lucy Edmonds, Robin Frost, Kathleen Jard, Jeanette Gerard, Andrea Goodice, Mike Godino, David Goldstein, Albert Glutz, Constant Grimer, Marion Brynon, Robert Hackey, Cynthia Hawkins, Amanda Holly, Suzanne Howell, Marion Howell, John Huffman, Linda Hunt, Kathleen Kent, David Kingsbury, Jennifer Knight, Geraldine Coors, Donald Coors, Bill Copperman, Martin A. Coon, Jeanette Cooch, Cynthia Lebon, Pauline Lamontag, Sheena Lewis, Pamela Locke, Cheryl Lott, Brenda Logman, Junior Lozano, Jane Lund, Jean Marsili, Gary Messman, Shirley Messman, Pamela Metz, Michael Moran, Marcia Moses, Nancy Murray, Rose, Rosalind Nadler, Deanne Noriega, Larray Olson, Elizabeth Passanante, Carolyn Post, Douglas Powell, Donald Queen, Bruce Radke, Vicki Radcliffe, Penny Reader, Cheryl Roberts, Stephen Robertson, Bonnie Robertson, Debbie Rozier, Sandra Rocani, Richard Ruda, Debbie Sanders, Rachel Schroeder, Zora Schultz, Christine Shoemaker, 
Donna Siliker, Kathy Shelton, Alan Sherbitze, Patty Slobby, John Smith, Michael Smitherman, Allison Smitherman, Tammy Schneider, Leslie Spoon, Paula Sprigner, Candace Steffen, Mary Stores, Sheila Staron, Monica Sapa, Laura Tambawa, Deborah Trevino, Rhonda Trott, David Trott, Lee Tucker, Robert Turner, Patricia Tussing, Natalie Bogle, Vicki Bullock, Marna Bota, Patrick Bota, Mary Welch, Sue Wesley, Robert White, David Wild, Linda Williams, Luann Williams, Charlene Wells, Don Worth. The American Council of the Blind wishes to thank the following individual sponsors for their support of the 2020 Virtual Conference and Convention. Titanium, Douglas Slotton, Gold, Marilyn Sanders, Jill Noble, Brian Rutherford, Lee Nasahi, Terry Gorman, Jay Naiman, Silver, Deanna Scoggins, Oral Miller, Jean Fike, Sarita Kimball, Pam Shaw, Michael Keefley, Sharon Chanshaw, Kathy Brandt, Jesse Rail, Vicki Ireland, John Luttenberger, Leonard Kokel, Wendy Williams, Donna Silvoski, Daryl Hilliker, Belle Mills, Ruth Williams, Leroy Fear, John Castillo, Wilson Cathy, David Anderson, Michelle Burnett, Kathy Zinye, Kenneth Carey, Danette Dixon, Katherine Johnson, Nancy Unger, Lynn Coral, Joanne Kusick, Pamela Johnson, Josette Kernerhan, Colleen Kitagawa, Tim Paul, and Nancy Sumner. Thanks to all of our individual sponsors for supporting ACB in this year's virtual conference and convention. Wow, is that just fantastic. Over 350 individuals and corporations who gave of their treasure to help the American Council of Blind have a successful convention this weekend. This week, I should say. A long week, but a lovely week. So thank you all. And Marjorie and Tony wanted me to let you know if they mispronounce your names, they promise it wasn't personal. They tried their best, but they love you all. And next... We are going to hear from our a diamond sponsor presentation from Vanda Pharmaceuticals. We uh, are glad to have them with us here today. And I'd like to introduce Maggie Felton, nurse educator from Vanda Pharmaceuticals. Welcome, Maggie. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me on. My name is Maggie Felton. I am a clinical nurse educator with Vanda Pharmaceuticals. I, along with other nurse educators at Vanda, are very excited to be part of this year's ACB National Convention, raising awareness and providing educational resources on non-24 sleep-wake disorder. Our nurse educator team provides virtual and in-person educational programs about non-24 to many organizations across the country that support our blind and visually impaired community. So 
Many of you have heard of NAN24, while some of you have not. Um, it is a chronic circadian rhythm disorder. And there are some three key, key symptoms that I'm just going to touch on this morning. Number one, difficulty falling asleep at nighttime. Two, difficulty staying asleep at night and daytime sleepiness along with frequent napping. It can occur at any age in both men and women equally, with symptoms being most noticed around the time a person loses their sight. Anyone can have non-24. In fact, folks who are sighted or have partial vision loss have, may have this, but it's very prevalent in those who are totally blind or have no light perception. Um, if you are interested in learning more about non-24 circadian sleep-wake disorder and would like to listen to a more detailed presentation about non-24, please visit the exhibit hall and agenda for the dates and times for these upcoming presentations. And following each presentation, there will be an email and a phone number provided from our nurse educators, and they will be able to connect you with healthcare educators for more additional and in-person uh, resources. In addition, I encourage everyone um, to get in contact with our team of nurse educators. Um, they are available to provide in-person and virtual education educational programs uh, for your groups and your local chapters in your community to learn more about circadian rhythm. Um, this really concludes my announcement. I want to thank you so much for having this opportunity, and I am looking to hearing from all of you during the exhibit halls. Thank you. And thank you, Maggie, and thank you for those educational words and the opportunity to reach out and have a further conversation with Vanda Pharmaceutical. And I just want to say Vanda is one of our most treasured sponsors. They've been with us through thick and thin, and we really appreciate all they do to support the American Council of the Blind. All right, now I want to just take a few minutes and introduce to you uh, my couple of our key, my key colleagues, our key colleagues, Eric Bridges and Kim Charlson, our executive director and immediate past president of ACB. And we want to talk to you for just a, a few minutes today about a new methodology that we're implementing at the American Council of the Blind. It is called EOS, which stands for Entrepreneurial Operating System. But don't worry, it works for non-for-profits just as well as it does for for-profit businesses. It's a methodology called Traction, where you really uh, work to get a common nomenclature and set of processes defined for your organization. Uh, we have there's really six major tracks that we will be following over the next two years. Uh, these are really stating your initial vision, your strategic plan, your goals, then understanding your, your people and how your people fit into your accountability chart and, and your organizational structure, then understanding your data and your scorecards and your methodology of how you run and evaluate your, your organization with true quantitative measurements. Then you understand your issues and how to track your issues and solve your issues through the IDS or issues uh, 
discussion solutions tracking methodology. And then we taught, we'll, we'll spend time over the next two years really defining our processes, our as-is and to-be processes. And then finally, it's a continuous feedback loop of traction that takes you to the, uh, you, to the goals that you set for yourself as you execute your five, three, and one-year goals. I want to thank Lee Nasahi, who's a member of our advisory board, who is our facilitator for this uh, EOS uh, methodology training. We've already held three sessions, and uh, Lee's a member of our, our advisory board, and you'll hear a little bit more from her later today. Now I'd like to turn it over to Eric to just talk about those L10 meetings we've established each week and the members of our leadership team. Thanks, Dan. Yeah, so the L10 meeting, uh, it sounds a little bit like bingo, except <laughs> it doesn't have an L in it, I don't think. I've never been a good speller. But the, the L10 meetings are held weekly, and it stands for Level 10, which at the end of every 90-minute meeting – the leadership team goes around and, and gives a number for uh, how how successful we felt the meeting was. And so level 10 is the highest you can get. Uh, we, we began having these meetings, I want to say in May, Dan, and have been going ever since on a weekly basis, except for this week. Thank goodness we we did not. But it, it, is a, it is a critical component to the leadership team at ACB that we get together as a leadership team weekly for 90 minutes to talk through uh, the projects that we've got going, issues that have popped up, uh, to analyze data. Who is the leadership team? Who composes the leadership team within ACB? You all are aware that we have a board of directors and officers, but there, there is a team that has been assembled really over the last little more than a year, to take on a lot of the the day-to-day operational projects, but then also to look ahead uh, one year, three years, five years, to map out uh, a plan for the organization to be able to increase engagement, grow from a membership standpoint, but also obviously uh, financially from a fundraising standpoint and continue the great advocacy work that that has been ongoing and sort of our calling card. So here are the folks that make up our leadership team. Uh, It's Dan Spoon. It's Kim Charlson as uh, immediate past president. It's great to have her on the team. It's myself. It's Tony Stevens, our director of development, who you heard from yesterday. It's Clark Rackville, our director of advocacy and governmental affairs. It's Cindy Hollis, our membership services uh, uh, coordinator. It's also Kelly Gask uh, in her role as working on communications. And I believe I hit everybody. Nancy. Oh, my God, our CFO. He's going to kill me. <laughs> Nancy Becker. <clears throat> the whole office just yelled Nancy, Dan. <laughs> I bet. In case you were muted, everybody else was going to tell me. So, only, only, you know, my right hand, Nancy Becker, our chief financial officer. So that is the the, the list of leaders who uh, who meet meet every week to talk through uh, issues. So we have issues that come up. We have organizational rocks, which are uh, projects, and these projects are are monitored on a quarterly basis. So we just ended our uh, our second quarter. 
or actually uh, third quarter, my bad. Uh, no, second quarter. I'm right. Uh, at the end of June, we function on a calendar year fiscal year. And so we had six organizational rocks of which uh, you've heard from some of them uh, about some of them this week, uh, dealing with our response to COVID-19, uh, go uh, Dr. and Gamble project, uh, the IT server migration, all of our digital yeah, assets and, uh, yeah, fine. transitioned to Microsoft Azure as of about 10 days ago. It has so I'm gonna introduce been you. beautiful to be uh, have acb.org, acbradio.org uh, in the cloud, uh, especially during this convention as we've uh, presiding and really stress test, tested our, our digital assets with all of the interactions that we've been receiving. Uh, as, as well, uh, dealing with voting issues. Uh, and and there are others, uh, but these weekly meetings give us an opportunity to talk about these big organizational projects that we call rocks, and to figure out if we're on track or off track to accomplish them in the quarterly time frame. And along the way, we have milestones to sort of uh, help to to keep us honest, to keep us having dialogue. None of this stuff happens in a silo, and. Uh, at times within nonprofits, especially, but within any organization, when you start to work on large project projects like these, they can tend to get siloed, and the leaders of the different departments aren't necessarily in the loop. And this is a great way for us, and it's absolutely necessary for us, as a as still a capacity constrained organization from a personnel standpoint, to be able to to sit with one another and share ideas, share thoughts. Um, I am very fortunate in that I have a very talented team and folks that are gifted in many areas where I am not. And, and also having the, the knowledge and wisdom of, of Dan and, and Kim to assist us along the way with regard to, to membership components uh, as Cindy Hollis continues to build out our membership outreach and engagement. So that's a little bit about our L10 meeting. Back to you, Dan. Thank you, Eric. And Kim, I know uh, you have just some uh, quick thoughts you'd like to add on the L10 process and traction? Sure, Dan. I think just briefly to say that in listening, perhaps some of the members might think, wow, that, um, that might sound like a lot of uh, management mumbo jumbo. But in fact, um, there's, a, there's some its own jargon or vocabulary, but what's really important about EOS for us and for ACB is that it gives us a structure to work with. And in an organization that doesn't have enough support from, from uh, the financial aspect of having enough staff to do the work, because the staff we have are... Um, I like the phrase Eric used, capacity constrained. Um, you know, we're asking them to do just incredible amounts of work and, and they do perform at a level that is amazing. So, but as members, you all have so many great ideas and there's so many things that ACB wants to do. And volunteers can only do so much. So we have to manage our resources, and this helps us to prioritize. It helps us to set goals. 
and direction for the organization, and it gives us a structure to work in. And we're learning that, and we hope to begin to filter that down to help our committees have more structure. And it's it's really, I think, giving us a framework to be more productive as we move ahead. And that's really what we were looking for in this process. So stay tuned for more. Um, but I think what you're going to see in the future is going to be very positive. Thank you, Kim. And and I, I agree with you. You know, we're first getting this stabilized at the leadership level, then expect if, to see traction rolled out throughout the organization, including our nine key program areas where we have our steering committees and then down to our committee level. So it's a two-year journey. It's going to take us a while to get there, but we really are glad that we've uh, we've gotten started down this process. And a shout out to J.P. Morgan Chase, who provided the grant funding to make this all possible. Uh, now, we are going to hear from Tony Stevens, who will introduce to us our two angels for today. Thank you, Tony Stevens. Thank you, Mr. President. And thanks, everybody, for joining us again this morning. I wanted to first, as we're getting started, because we heard a wonderful litany of individual sponsors a few minutes ago before the conversation on EOS. But I wanted to also just take a minute to thank everybody as well that contributed for this year's angels. As folks know, you know the angels that, that arise up on our wall that we have at convention, the physical wall every year, uh, you know, there is a cost that's associated with that. And so as people become angels, there are donations and contributions made in the name of those individuals. So before we get started, because this is the last day of Angels, I wanted to be able to take a moment just to thank everybody that has given this year. And to let folks know, you can still go to the website to view more of the testimonials and memorials and other things like that for each angel, both now and over the past years. And gifts can, in addition, be given throughout time. Uh, so you can continue to give for Angels for past years. But again, thanks for everybody. And thanks for everyone, particularly for this year, for our 10 angels we had this year. Today, we're going to be hearing about two important angels, both one from, uh, from the actively involved with the Diabetics in Action, and also another from Oregon, both leaders within their own spaces. And so, Carol McCall and Pat LaFrance Wolf. So, with Carol McCall, uh, we have the editor for Dialogue Magazine, which she had worked on uh, for many, many years in leading that magazine out in Oregon. And that's the current editor now, Bradley, who's going to be sharing with us the presentation on Carol. And then we're going to be hearing from Chris Gray for Pat. So thanks and please enjoy. Angel Carol, thank you for helping me see my path more clearly. And I know you're on my shoulder. Those words of heartfelt gratitude to a teacher with a big heart and a vision to match were written by Marja Byers, one of her last graduates. The teacher was the late Carol M. McCarl, whose story could easily fill a book. Marja, who was originally drawn to blind skills as a member of its blind low vision support group, now directs the work that Carol started when she founded blind skills decades ago. Marja writes, Carol was a natural born teacher. Though many doubted the wisdom of such a path for a blind person years ago, she earned her master's degree in special education from Boston University. And in 1964, she got a job at the Oregon School for the Blind in Salem. Eventually, she was transferred to itinerant teaching, giving weekly lessons in Braille and math skills to blind students in mainstream classes. One day, students had never met another blind person. 
person, person in Carol McCarl's life. Carol resolved to do something, to show students and families positive role models of people with limited sight. In 1983, she directed the launch of the nonprofit Blind Skills and began publishing a magazine called Life Prints. Many successful blind musicians and other professionals eagerly lined up to share their experiences in Life Prints, and hundreds of students and parents hungrily read every issue in Braille or large print. In 1990, Don Nold, founder of Dialogue Magazine, asked Carol to take over the struggling publication. As a longtime Dialogue reader and writer, she knew how much Dialogue mattered to thousands of readers, and eventually she said yes. For four years, Carol taught, published two magazines, and was a mom of a son and daughter. This still amazes me, Marja continues. In 1995, about the time she retired from teaching, Carol combined the two magazines into one title, Dialogue. Until her retirement for health reasons in 2007, she served as director of Blind Skills and publisher of Dialogue. For her outstanding service to the field, she was recognized in 2006 with the AFB Miguel Medal, the highest honor the field of blindness can bestow. Marja continues, since 2014, I have served as director of Blind Skills, leaving the writing and editing to others to concentrate on expanding our community outreach and growing our support groups. Carol was happy with this direction and felt that Blind Skills was in capable hands. We who are devoted to continuing Blind Skills are determined to keep Carol's vision clear and alive, to support resources that encourage, inspire, and mentor people of all ages who have limited sight. Read by B.T. Kimbrough. Hello, convention goers. We are here again with another angel. I'm here with Chris Gray, and he's going to tell you all about one of our angels this year. Go ahead, Chris. Let me talk about Pat LaFrance Wolf. I am so pleased to have had Pat as, as a part of my life, as a friend. Uh, it's very humbling in a way to know these people who are becoming angels. Um, I served with Pat on the board of the California Council of the Blind, and uh, through getting to know her and learn who she was, we then began doing work with ACB Diabetics in Action when it was formed. But even before then, on the ACB Diabetics list, it's run by the American Council of the Blind. Pat was diabetic from a young age. She was diabetic for well over 60 years, but in her early life, she drove, she had kids. Only later on did she begin to have eye issues and became totally blind and kidney issues. And she took it all in stride. You never heard a bad word from Pat. And you never heard a word to another person who was going through similar situations that wasn't of encouragement, of kindness, of support. And that's just who Pat was. She never seemed depressed. She never seemed unhappy. <clears throat> she could talk about her, her life as a sighted person and her life as a diabetic and, and just do such a great job of communicating a wonderful, kind persona. Uh, Pat's devotion to this work for diabetics as well as for ACB in general can best be shown, I think, by the fact that literally until her day that she passed, she was on conference calls, she was doing work on the phone. In fact, she had to leave a conference call due to illness and wound up very shortly thereafter in the hospital. 
and passed away. Now, friends, that is devotion, if I ever saw it. And you never knew for one moment that Pat had the kinds of severe medical issues that she had. So, Pat, we love you. And uh, we just are so pleased to have had you as a part of this movement and as a part of our lives. Thank you. Tell us one memory that defines Pat that you have. Aside from those who... Thank you, Chris, and thank you, Tony, and thank you to all of those who made the Angel Trail such uh, a moving experience this year at our ACB conference and convention. Next, I really have the opportunity to do something special and something that doesn't happen very often at a, at a live ACB convention is I get to introduce the officer of the day, which is our immediate past president, Kim Charlson from Watertown, Massachusetts. Kim is a friend, a mentor, and I don't know what we would do without her. Kim Charlson, welcome. Thank you, Dan. This, this is a unique experience because um, I don't think in a, an immediate past president has been asked to come back and be presiding officer of the day. So I'm honored to be able to share the day with all of you. And it was an, a special honor to um, hear the angel tribute of Carol McCarl. She was my mentor, um, my teacher in sixth grade, who told me that I was going to have to work hard in my life and that I, I was too smart to try to coast by and that I was going to need to work hard because she said I was going to be important to the blind community someday. And I always remembered that. And I Guess she was right. <laughs> so um, she was she was a fabulous lady, and I do miss her. So today we have the opportunity to learn about something within ACB. And um, oh, before I introduce them, though, I want to just mention that um, there will be a few opportunities today for questions from our um, attendees. So, um, including the panel that um, I'm about to introduce. So, um, when there are opportunities for questions, um, I'll, I'll mention that. And the, the way to ask questions is via email. And that is at questions at acb.org. So, this morning, we get to learn more about ACB's public awareness activities and programs. Communication and public awareness are so important in the work we do at ACB. And these three women are critical to making ACB's efforts in this area successful. So it's my pleasure today to introduce to you Kelly Gask from our national office in Alexandria, Virginia, who is responsible for communication and design for ACB, Katie Frederick who chairs our public relations committee from Columbus, Ohio, and Deb Cook-Lewis, who is the chair of ACB's Board of Publications. Thank you, ladies, for all you do for ACB, and I'm looking forward to hearing your presentation. Great. Thank you, Kim. So I'm going to uh, make a few remarks, and I'm going to pass it along to Katie and Deb. Um, 
it has been a crazy couple months. Um, back in March, uh, we had to close our offices due to COVID-19 and um, all of our staff started working from home. So this really tested a lot of our communications channels. Um, we immediately developed a page on our website that spoke about office closures, the status of our convention, advice for affiliates, and then resources. We had a wealth of different resources, and we still have the, the page up for anybody that's interested. Um, you can find it on the front page of the website. Um, we had educational resources, uh, resources for Zoom for many people who were either working from home or learning from home um, for the first time and weren't as experienced with Zoom. We also had links to accessible uh, statistics and graphics. And um, of course, you know, posting anything related to our advocacy team. So lots of different letters that uh, our advocacy team wrote to Congress, and legislators, um, also information about uh, stimulus re rebates for Social Security uh, recipients and accessible voting information, um, as that's a huge issue for our community right now. Um, Similarly, we wanted to, uh, you know, talk to our, our membership and let them know that we were there for them. Um, I worked with Tony Stevens, uh, our director of development, um, to create a uh, message. It was a video message that we sent through our constant contact email list. And uh, we sent it to all of our members, just spreading a message of hope and to let our membership know that we were here for them in this time of need and, you know, if they needed anything to give us a call. Um, we also, um, uh, with our efforts spearheaded by Cindy Hollis, uh, we started doing community calls. And I know many of you have uh, participated on the community calls. Um, but due to some issues, some security issues with Zoom, we couldn't just post the actual Zoom links on our website. So we had to find ways around that um, to make sure that people could gain access to that information. So working with Cindy, we uh, created an email list uh, that sends out daily updates about the community calls. We also have a weekly email that goes out to all members, um, as well as some of our, our leadership list and our announce list with the call-in information. And then additionally, we have a mailbox that people can reach uh, at our 1-800 number to get that call-in information. Because here at ACB, we think it's very important to meet people where they are. So whatever method of technology they feel comfortable using, we want to make sure that we have information provided uh, in, that, in that method. Additionally, because of COVID-19, we actually came up with a few new communications channels that are really, really exciting. Um, we uh, became a specialized health provider in April uh, as part of our COVID-19 response with Be My Eyes, uh, which is a great app uh, that uh, uses um, uh, specialized specialized help providers and other cited assistants to answer calls. Um, and it's really boosted our efficiency in supporting our community. Um, and it allows uh, folks to connect directly with members of the ACB staff. Uh, we've got myself, uh, Cindy Hollis, Nancy Fila, and Claire Stanley all answer calls on the Be My Eyes app. And it's been a really great way to connect with people who might not otherwise know that we exist. Um, it's, been a, it's been a really great tool and it's a new communications method that we are using in our office.
Additionally, due to the popularity of the uh, community calls, we began uh, a Facebook group. Uh, this was also working with Cindy Hollis, as well as our new communications uh, intern, Anthony Corona. Um, I, I just love the ACB uh, community group because it really encapsulates the family vibe that we have going on at ACB, you know, supporting members of our community, supporting each other. Um, and it's, you know, another way for us to just communicate. Um, I know myself uh, during this convention, I've shared all of our live streams that we have going on on Facebook right now over our community page. And it's also been a great way for people that have questions uh, about convention Um you know, I try to monitor, monitor the, uh, the page as much as possible. And anybody that has questions, you know, how do I get this as a podcast or, you know, where can I access this information? It's a really great way for me to be able to connect with people and other staff members to connect with people to get them the information that they need. Uh, Facebook in general has been a really great tool for us. Uh, Facebook Live has been um, really a, an interesting experience because it's a way for us to get our followers familiar with not only our staff, but people on our board and other people in our community, um, just like almost like on a firsthand basis. Basically, uh, Facebook Live, you just, you can stream live video and, um, We've been able to um, host a number of uh, Facebook Lives, you know, celebrating different days like Global Accessibility Awareness Day or White Cane Day. We've done um, a presentation about OrCam and their different devices. Um, so we've been able to use the, the Zoom webinar platform to stream um, live over Facebook. And it's allowed us to communicate while we are socially distancing from home, um, which has been great because really, you know, it's been, we've been able to reach out to the community and uh, connect with them live, um, utilizing that webinar uh, function of Zoom. Um, Additionally, uh, we also purchased for a convention new equipment. So the quality of our Facebook Lives uh, will improve. Uh, we've got new microphones. So I know, um, you know, we've had issues in the past with, uh, with audio. So this is a great way for us really to professionalize our, our presentations on Facebook. Um, additionally, we had uh, an upgrade to ACB Link, which is our ACB app. Um, uh, you can, um, there's all these different, um, uh, new features that were added to the app. And we also, you have the ability to, um, connect, uh, to ACB radio using the A-Lady or she, she who shall not be named, uh, with echo skills. Um, so it's been, it's been a really great tool. Um, uh, ACB link is another method that we've used to, uh, stream our convention live. We've really wanted to make sure that our convention is available, um, through as many streams as possible, um, so that anybody that wants to join in can join because it's really important. This is the first time that we've ever done anything like this before and really making sure that every Everyone has access and they can participate is so important because um, it's it's really cool and it's honestly really awesome to be able to experience this uh, all with you guys. Um, looking ahead, uh, we uh, as I mentioned earlier, we have a new communications intern, Anthony Corona, and I've been working with him on a lot of our social media 
items. Um, Anthony has a great background and uh, we are utilizing his skills uh, to help us out with social media items because uh, we, we could really use another set of hands right now. We are a, we're a small staff here at ACB and uh, so his help has really been invaluable. Um, additionally, uh, right after convention, we will be launching our blog, which is another really exciting opportunity to communicate to not only our members, but people in the community and people all over the world. Uh, we want to uh, use this to share member stories, uh, articles from corporate sponsors, and other content relevated, rele relevant to our community. Um, and it's called uh, uh, ACB Voices, so you can access it at acbvoices.org. And so right after after convention, we will inform you guys when we are ready to launch. So you can visit our blog, and that will be another way that you can access information through ACB. Additionally, we are working with um, really an amazing person, uh, Kate Mandemio. She's a communications consultant. Um, she has a great personality. She's amazing to work with. And we're going to be developing a communications plan with her, a wholly encompassing communications plan. Um, so we really... Um, Kate has been painstakingly going through um, having different interviews with people in our organization to really get a good understanding of what ACB is all about because it's very important. You know, we are uh, like we have a lot of different layers in this organization. So we want to make sure that she has a good understanding of who we are so we can build an effective communications plan. Um, so that's also going to assist us with our, our steering committee. As um, you know, Katie and Deb are um, here with me today. Um, we work with other steering committees. Um, we're really, we're kind of a, a little bit different than some of the typical committees because uh, we, we exist to do our own work, but we also are here to facilitate uh, communications from, from other groups as well, other steering committees. So just recently, we, we developed a video guide for panelists, uh, just best practices, um, you know, how lighting and, you know, how you want yourself positioned. Um, so uh, really, uh, we're moving forward. The steering committee is going to be doing a lot, and um, I'm really looking forward to all the progress that we're going to make. Um, I wanted to pass it along to Katie and Deb to see if they wanted to comment on anything. So this is Katie. I think just, you know, really looking ahead, you know, COVID kind of threw everyone around the world for a loop, but ACB, as you can, I think, hear and see, has really risen to the challenge, and we've responded with some great communications efforts and those will those will continue into the future. I think we've seen, you know, the community calls have just been amazing and we've really gained some some new members and you know they're helping out with convention and you know we have our our ACB convention podcast which is delivering hours and hours and hours thanks to the ACB radio team and everyone involved with that. But that's really, you know, delivering hours of content that if you miss the session, there are some that I can't wait to go back and hear. So that's another way that you can listen to ACB and be connected with us is through the podcasts. And we have several podcasts, one of which is our advocacy podcast as well, which comes out weekly from Clark and Claire, and they do a great job. But you can find our podcasts on, on all of your podcast devices and players and, and apps. So those are, are one, you know, one way that we reach out, you know, and, and looking ahead, we, we do hope to engage more with the, with the other committees and steering groups to help move ACB forward and keep us going 
down this this great path of of community and connectivity that we're that we're on uh, after the convention. This is Deb, and I guess the one thing I would add to that is that there are some significant challenges as we move forward. Um, COVID has created some challenges and some opportunities of its own, but we realize that um, our membership has diverse skills, um, diverse um, interests, diverse abilities around communication. And one of the things that we've been really thinking about a lot is how to level the playing field. Um, There are discussions about, oh, we should do this on Facebook, or we should do this as a blog, or we should do this as a podcast or we should do this as email and different groups cry out and say, oh, not me. So we really want to help people develop the skills and the versatility also to to be able to operate. And we want to be sensitive and to maybe more sensitive about what medium we use for what activity and who is it actually reaching and what is the best way for them to receive that information or participate. Great points, Deb and Katie. Do we have any questions? If you have any questions from the audience, remember questions at acb.org. Janet, do we have any questions from anyone for our panel? So, Kelly, I'm going to ask a question since Mm -hmm. um, we're waiting to hear if we have others. You can let me know. I'm curious. I think the acbvoices.org is a wonderful idea. And I'm just kind of wondering where the impetus for that came about and if you could talk a little bit more about what kinds of content you're envisioning being on that website. Well, um, uh, the blog is something that's come up many different times um, over the years. People have been talking about, you know, if we wanted to do a blog, if that was something that we'd be interested in, because there seems to be a, a great interest from our membership and from others. Um, I, you know, a lot of this is going to be member-driven comment. Uh, content. So like uh, member stories, personal stories, you know, uh, personal experiences, but we're also going to be having, um, you know, some of our corporate sponsors, you know, might do a blog post talking about new features that they have on devices or anything new that they're coming out with, or, you know, their journey to accessibility uh, or, you know, other things that really concern the blind community. So we will um, do a little bit more of a you know, a, a request, a call for, for different stories. But um, a lot of this stuff is, I think, going to be uh, driven by, by our membership, which I, I think is awesome because, mm-hmm. you know, it's a way for us to not only get, uh, get to know our membership, for, but for our membership to get to know each other. So Great. And Deb, I'm curious, and I think there may be some of our members who have always heard about blogs, And they think, oh my gosh, there's something else I've got to learn. It's new, it's hard, it's complicated, I don't have time. But can you just kind of enlighten us a little bit about what a blog really is and and that maybe it isn't so hard and complicated? Well, I actually think that a blog is easier to do than some of the other things that get presented to people. So I'm pretty excited that we're going to do this. Um, I don't know exactly because I haven't been involved with our um, blog development, but many blogs are actually deliverable by email. So some of our email um, likers will um, maybe be able to do that and we'll have to work on that. But, um, but it's an, um, generally not a very cluttered environment. It's generally an easy to read environment and it's a threaded discussion, which means that the discussion 
if there is discussion goes um, in in a nice, easy to read line. Um, but mostly it will be, um, you know, sort of centralized postings and then the ability to comment. So it's a pretty friendly environment usually. Great. All right. Do we have questions? Is Janet with us? We seem to have lost Janet. I think we have some technical difficulties with uh, Janet, so I think it's probably right. we, we time to move to the next opportunity. All right. Well, <laughs> thank you so much, um, ladies, for everything you're doing and making new opportunities for the members of ACB to communicate and learn and stay informed and share with their members. And, you know, that's part of what we do in ACB is spread the word and share information. That's an important role for all of us. So thank you so much for what you're doing and making that all happen. That's tremendous. All right. We, um, it's actually my pleasure to um, introduce our next speaker. Um, and I've gotten to know her through our um, EOS trainings, as Dan mentioned earlier. Lee Nasahi has been training um, the leadership team on the fundamentals of the EOS management and operating system. And she is um, a certified trainer in EOS. And in her, in her day work, she uses EOS to do what she does and has trained many other organizations um, around the country as well. Um, she is the president and CEO of the Vision Serve Alliance, which is an organization of um, not-for-profits in the blindness field. And um, I'm pleased to note that ACB is a member of Vision Serve Alliance. And Lee and, and her member organizations are doing some very innovative and tremendous things to, to bring more awareness and recognition to the small not-for-profits in the blindness field all throughout our country. So it's my pleasure to introduce to you Lee Nasahi. Welcome, Lee. Thank you, Kim. That was a very nice introduction. And I was on earlier listening to you all talk about your EOS implementation at ACB. And of course, it was music to my ears. So thank you for those, those comments about EOS. <clears throat> So hello, ACB. You, you are having a wonderful virtual conference for the first time. Congratulations. I've listened into many parts of it and wow, uh, blown away. So you all should feel very good about this week and what you've been able to do in this new medium that we're all learning. Um, we are doing the same thing at Vision Serve Alliance. And we'll be having a virtual conference later in this year. And so um, me and my team were taking notes as we observed all the great things you all were doing this week. So as Kim mentioned, we are an organization of nonprofits. Actually, we have expanded our membership and um, have we are now offering associate memberships to even for-profits who have a connection to our field and want to engage in leadership collective conversations with us. So Vision Serve Alliance, much like ACB, we're a membership organization. We have a very small staff and the power 
A Vision Serve Alliance is all of our members. We're a leadership collective together leading to a better world for people with vision loss. So um, we work with our members and we provide benefits, but the, I think the primary focus of our work is what is important to all of us in this field and how can Vision Serve Alliance bring all of the national organizations as well as individual organizational members together and make a bigger impact. So we have uh, quite a few initiatives that we're working on, and ACB is very much a part of of pretty much all of these things. First of all, we had a a conference in November last year in Atlanta, which was a a pretty amazing concept um, where we basically invited everyone who participated to set the agenda, and we had about 80 breakout sessions And one of the most popular topics was public policy. And through those conversations, Vision Serve Alliance was asked to convene a national policy forum, if you will. And so we did two things on the heels of that conference. First of all, Vision Serve Alliance established a public policy committee of its own so we can work uh, more focused um, in in a more focused way and uh, learn what is most important to our members and uh, try to make headway on that. We hired our a dear friend of, of so many of us, Paul Schrader, uh, as a consultant. Our, he is our senior policy director and is helping us understand how to work with all the pieces that make this effective. Then we also established a national policy collaborative. ACB and all of the national organizations in the the blind biz, as Carl Augusto would say, are members of that. And we're meeting on a monthly basis towards um, initially coordination, uh, ultimately collaboration. And, you know, maybe one day we'll all be rowing in the same direction. Um, So we're, we're pretty excited about that. Another initiative of Vision Serve Alliance is the Aging and Vision Loss National Collaborative, and many of you are also involved in that. We have about 35 organizational members and hundreds of individuals who are are helping us establish a a, a greater presence around this most important issue. Far and away, the largest segment of our constituency are, are people in my age group who are living with vision loss. And unfortunately they get the, the, the crumbs when it comes to resources and attention and uh, policy is not, is not benefiting them. So we really are hoping to make some significant changes in that arena over the next few years. We are working on the EOS implementation as Kim talked about and uh, interagency collaboration. We still have vision refer hopefully connecting more people with direct services. We um, are in the process of of creating more leadership development opportunities for all of our membership organizations. And um, like many of you, we are now focusing a little more on diversity, equity, and inclusion. And, And how can we together lead our field to do a better job on that front? And finally, because of of COVID-19, we were ushered into this 
era of learning rather quickly uh, how do we deliver effectively virtually via remote methods our vision rehabilitation services. So we're working with many national organizations and our members to assure that their constituents are still getting the services that they need in the safest and most effective ways possible. And uh, I think initially we thought this was just going to be a few months thing. We now know that's not true. And we need to be working together for standards, best practices, to assure people are still connected to the services that keep them safe and included and, and happy and pr productive members of our society. So I'd just like to invite you to visit our website, visionservealliance.org, if you'd like more information. There's a ton of resources on our web that we have made available to even non-members through this pandemic this summer in, in hopes of strengthening our collective community. We have a weekly call about service delivery through this, this uh, time. So I would encourage any of you involved with organizations who are providing services to make sure they know about this call and the resources for delivery of services on our website. If you need more information, just email us at info at visionservealliance.org and we'll get back to you. Thank you very much. Thank you, Lee, so much for information on Vision Serve Alliance. And we truly in ACB value the partnership we have with Vision Serve and look forward to working more closely on so many different topics. So thank you. Ditto. Thank you. All right. Well, next, we will hear um, scholarship presentations, which have been um, really wonderful this year. And um, the individual that I'll recognize in just one moment is going to be um, presenting the Ross Pangier scholarships. And I believe that Ross and Lexia Pangier are listening today. And um, I hope if they are, that, that they will be as excited to hear and learn about our scholarship winners. And I just want to express to them ACB's appreciation for their continuing support um, and the incredible value these scholarships are to ACB and to the future um, recognition and the talent of our leaders of the future. So thank you, Ross and Lexi, for what you do for ACB and our scholarships. Now I'd like to recognize Sheila Young from the ACB Scholarship Committee for today's presentations. I'm pleased to be with one of our scholarship recipients today. Reem Hamani is from Aurora, Colorado. She has won the Eunice Burrito and Charles Dillman Scholarship. Could you please share with us where you will be attending in the fall and what is your primary field of study? Sure, thank you so much for giving me this wonderful opportunity. Um, so I'm currently taking online classes at CUNY School of Professional Studies and I'm majoring in disability services in higher education. So I'm pursuing my master's degree. And yeah, that's what I will be taking classes during the fall. Um, so I, I'm really excited to pursue my degree in this program. That sounds wonderful. And why have you selected this field of study? And what in your past led you to identify this as your career path? Yeah, so... Um, 
when I was um, taking classes before, like in my elementary school, I lived in Iraq and we didn't have any services for people who are blind. Um, and so I had to rely on my mom to record the materials for me. We had to travel for long distance to go to the library in order to read books. And so when I was there, um, my mom took me, like when I graduated from elementary school, my mom took me to the secondary school and the director refused to accept me as a student because of my blindness. And from that time, I felt like I needed to do something. My mom and I went to a social worker. Um, he advocated for me and I was able to attend the school. And so from that time, I felt like I really needed to advocate for people with disabilities. And that's why I decided to pursue um, my degree in this field. So now I work at Community College of Aurora as a disability coordinator, and I provide help and support for students with disabilities. Uh, it sounds like the barriers you experience have created the passion for yes. you want to go into. That's wonderful. And that's something, thank you. And, you know, that's something I always like to encourage people is like, you know, whenever you encounter a barrier, look at all of the barriers as opportunities that enable you to grow. So I, I'm glad that I encountered these barriers because it opened the door for me to, you know, pursue my dream. And mm -hmm. I, I'm really glad that I'm, you know, enrolling this program. Wonderful. And a great representation of our uh, scholarship donors and the, the merit of the, their contributions. I yeah. also want to know what, given the barriers you faced, what has been the greatest accomplishment of your life thus far and why? Yeah, that's a great question. <laughs> so <laughs> so um, when I came here, you know, after I uh, started working at Community College of Aurora and I learned a lot about how to advocate for people with disabilities, mm -hmm. I, because of the barriers I encountered, I started thinking about different ways in order to provide support for students who are blind in Iraq. Um, because they don't have any support system to rely on. And so I found some volunteers who decide, who were willing to record audiobooks for blind people. Um, and I created an online library for students who are blind. And so, you know, I found someone who was willing to, you know, design the website. And I found the volunteers and some editors. And we have recorded like almost, you know, 20 books so far. And I'm really excited about that because whenever I talk to people, they're like, you know, you save our lives. And, you know, I feel like I really love to play a role in people's lives and encourage them to think about their strengths instead of thinking about their weaknesses. So because of many people decide to drop out because they don't have any support system, I feel like now people have the opportunity to have access to the materials. What a meaningful contribution that you're making in people's lives. We're proud Thank for you, you to be one of our ACB scholarship recipients this year. Congratulations Thank once again. Thank you so much. And I really, really appreciate all of the help and support that I have. And, you know, I would love to also um, give to like to people in the future. Um, so I'm, I'm very thankful for this wonderful opportunity. And I really appreciate all of your efforts. Wonderful. We, we appreciate your contributions and look forward to seeing many more contributions and accomplishments from you in the future. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Anna Ord, 
is the recipient for the Ross Ian Pangier Foundation for the Visually Impaired Scholarship this year. Congratulations, Anna. Anna is from Issachar, Washington. And can you share with me where will you be attending school in the fall? And what is your field of study? So I will be attending Brown University in the fall studying computer science. Great. And why have you chosen computer science to major in? And what has influenced you in that decision? After I took my first computer science class in high school, I wasn't totally convinced that that computer science was the field I wanted to go into. But I knew at the time I was really bad at chemistry. And I really wanted to create software that could make chemistry labs more efficient for people like me who have very limited vision. So for a year, I worked on software that would allow me to access my science procedures and create data tables with voice commands and hear everything spoken to me through text-to-speech software. And after the software was completed, I not only knew that now I could do chemistry labs more efficiently because I wouldn't have to take the time to write down my data tables and read through my procedures like by hand with print. Um, but I also knew that I could create so much with just a few lines of code. And that in itself was really empowering. So that's why I decided to go into the field of computer science, because I know that I can create so much and help so many people with just a few lines of code. What a fabulous way to empower yourself by creating your own code for the chemistry classes. That's exciting. Hopefully that code can help share, be shared with others and help create more accessibility for the sciences for students in the future. For sure. Can you share what you consider to be your greatest accomplishment and why? So even though I've done some really cool work in computer science, I think my greatest accomplishment is this first this first like semester and a half of college where I went all the way across the country to Rhode Island to attend Brown. I didn't know anybody, but I dove headfirst into the disability justice community where I helped I helped push for a disability justice cultural center um, where so I helped push for a disability justice cultural center. And I also helped push for the universal pass movement after the pandemic hit. And while at Brown, I also led a team of disability justice at Brown uh, club members to participate in the hackathon and we ended up winning. And then to tie the year off, I was elected to be the disability justice advocate for the computer science committee. So that kind of tied together my disability justice aspirations and my computer science goals. And that's why I'm just so proud that I was able to not only go all the way across the country, but also make an impact disability justice wise and make a whole bunch of new friends. Wonderful. We are so proud for you to be an ACB scholarship winner as well. Your disability justice activities and the other contributions you've made are wonderful and represent what we're looking for in scholarship recipients. Thank you so much for all that you do. And congratulations once again as a Ross M. Pangier scholarship recipient. Thank you so much. I'm so honored. Good afternoon. And this is Sheila Young, member of the scholarship committee. I am on the social work, teaching, and rehab subcommittee of the scholarship for ACB. And today I'm talking with Matthew Turner, 
He is from Eagle, Idaho, and he is a winner of the Ross Pangier Scott Foundation Scholarship this year. Again, <laughs> congratulations, Matthew. Very, very, very happy that you're getting this for, the, for a, a scholarship for the third time. So congratulations. Thank you. Where do you plan to attend school in the fall? And what will you be planning? Uh, what will you be um, what will you be studying? In the fall, I'll be continuing my studies as a senior at MIT, studying computer science with a minor in economics. Okay. And you've been doing this for a while, haven't you? Yes, I have. Uh, this has been uh, my passion pretty much since I started uh, school at MIT. After my first semester, I really enjoyed um, the computer science classes that I took. I hadn't really had any experience with that before, but it blew my mind with the connections with mathematics and everything. And so that was really where I found my passion. Why did you choose this field and what in your past led to you making this decision? Well, I've always been interested in uh, business analytics and making uh, smart business decisions based on data. I think that's a field that is more and more important uh, as we progress, um, as technology gets better and better. And um, at MIT, I found out how you can combine this field of um, computer science and economics in order to make that happen, of making these really smart optimization decisions. And within that uh, area, I'm really passionate about how can companies make decisions that are better both for the customer and for the company, because the company is trying to make profit at the end of the day, right? But they also like, they want happy customers who are going to continue buying from them. And I think it's definitely possible to make smart decisions for both uh, the consumer and the corporation. And finally, what would you consider to be your best accomplishment in your life? I'm really uh, proud of the work that I've done on my campus ministry, uh, which is crew at MIT. Um, as a leader there on the servant team, I am really passionate about mentoring and uh, discipling new and rising leaders um, and that next generation. And uh, I got told the other day by one of the staff that they saw me as a leader of leaders. And that's something that I, I really hope to be. And so that was something I was really um, just made me happy to uh, hear that someone else had seen that in me as well. Well, congratulations again. Thank you for joining me this afternoon and good luck in your future endeavors. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. Hi again, this is Mike Rabbit. I'm sitting here with uh, Brielle Kayer from uh, Middletown, Connecticut. Uh, she is the last of the winners of the Ross and Pangier Foundation for the Visually Impaired Scholarships. And uh, very glad to be spending some time with you today, Brielle. Thank you for, uh, for joining us. Just want to jump in, ask you a few questions to get to know you a little bit. First of all, uh, can you tell us a little bit about where you will be attending school in the fall and what is your primary field of study? Yeah, so this fall I'm going to be returning to Fordham University um, at the Manhattan campus as an incoming junior, and I will be continuing getting my degree in global business with a concentration in global marketing and consumer insights. Beautiful. All right, so can you tell us uh, now a little bit of why you chose your field of study and uh, what in your life so far has led to that decision? Yeah, so initially I always expected to go um, into some sort of arts uh, major, 
as I've always been very interested in theater and the arts. And then near the end of high school, I also realized I could use my business skills and um, gain a degree in marketing or other some other business related field and apply that to um, the arts world specifically. Um, my dream is to work on Broadway, perhaps like at a marketing agency or producing agency. So I looked into Fordham and I really liked the Lincoln Center campus and I really liked their global business program because I could learn about how to um, use business on a global aspect and later apply that to Broadway or theater or just the arts industry as a whole. Oh, that sounds absolutely incredible. So, <laughs> so tell us, what, what do you feel has been your greatest accomplishment in life so far? Honestly, I feel like my greatest accomplishment is for what a lot of people might be a simple thing, but for me was a huge thing was moving to New York City and just being able to be a part of that um, as an independent person. And I've always dreamed of living in New York City since I was out of the womb. Something about the city just always drew me in. And it was always perhaps like a challenge that I wasn't sure how I would be able to handle it as a visually impaired person um, getting around or just, yeah, being part of that. And in the, within the past year and a half, I realized how strong and independently capable I am. And I think I'm really proud of that. As I think you should be. <laughs> so. And, and I, I can certainly assure you, I believe moving to New York City would be a challenge for anyone. So kudos to you for, for making that jump. And, and we all in ACB definitely wish you luck in all of your endeavors. And, and once again, congratulations on, on winning the scholarship. And thank you for your time. Thank you so much. All right. Take care. Okay. Thank you. Those were amazing presentations. Congratulations to all of our scholarship winners with a special shout out to uh, Matt Turner, who's going to MIT, woohoo! Uh, <laughs> since I'm from Boston area. Um, we've had an opportunity to get to know Matt in this area. Um, he's been an, a great contribution to our affiliate and I can, I can believe that he's a great leader at MIT. So it was great to hear him back again for a Pangeer scholarship. All right, well, this sounds familiar from me is that we're running a little bit behind schedule, but so we're going to take a brief break. But before we do that, I'm going to recognize Janet, who is back and she has a few announcements and maybe a door prize or two. So, Janet. All right. Thank you very much. First of all, I just spoke with Orcam and they have extended their drawing for the MyI2 Pro device till 4 p.m. Eastern time today. So I just sent out the link to everyone on the lists for the ORCAM. You do have to fill out a link to uh, for this. And I just sent that out to all the lists. The Braille Forum raffle tickets have sold out. So we have no more Braille Forum wow. tickets. So everyone attend the banquet. We'll have the Braille Forum drawing this evening for 5000 
1000 or $500. Um, reminder, RSVA has their 50-50 raffle ticket. They are doing their drawing later today. For $20, if you're interested, contact artists at 818-238-9321 or RSVA at Randolph, R-A-N-D-O-L-P-H, Shepard, S-H-E-P-P-A-R-D dot O-R-G. Also, CCLVI, Citizens Low Vision International, is doing a 50-50 drawing. Someone asked me yesterday what that meant. And for people who don't know, that means that all the money collected, half of it will go to the affiliate and half of it will go to you. So tickets for CCLVI are $10. And to purchase a ticket for that, and they'll be doing their drawing on July 14th at their board meeting, go to www.cclvi, V as in Victor, so that's cclvi.org, or call 319-550-1748. And stay tuned. I just got a message from the mini mall, and I will make that announcement later on this afternoon. And you wanted a door prize? Yes, I think that'd be great. All right, let's see. All right, Rose Miller of Boston, Massachusetts, fifty dollars oh, yeah. from the Florida Council of the Blind. Woohoo, Rose! And um, how about we do from Kentucky Council of the Blind donated through um, donated by Kentucky Council of the Blind from the Mini Mall, a five port charging tower. And that is going to go to uh, Linda Allison in Knoxville, Tennessee. All right. Want, want another one or shall we go? We'll do one more and then we'll take a five minute break. All right. We have a $25 Visa gift card to Philip Blale, B-L-E-Y-H-L of Oak Harbor, Washington. Okay. We're going to break for five minutes and then we'll be back with um, more programming. So talk to you in a few minutes. All righty, we are on this five-minute break. Wow, so much great activity this morning. So many scholarship winners. And, um, oh, I think I was a little bit behind. Echo volume down. Yeah. Um, So scholarship winners and wonderful contributions. Thank you, everyone. And I've been on the phone with Jason talking about what we're doing, about exhibit replays and session replays. And uh, we're thinking, Jason is thinking of letting exhibits run until tomorrow at 11.30 a.m. And um, let me see if I can get him on speakerphone here. There you go. Are you there, Jason? I am. Hey, how's this? Cool. Hey, wow, I get to be on the phone on the radio. (laughs) On the phone and on the radio. How about that? (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, yes, we were just talking about... Oh, it's choppy. Why is it being choppy? Mm. you can hear it over the weekend 
Okay. So we're going to replay it on mainstream, you're thinking, over the weekend? I'm thinking mainstream would be fine, yep. Okay. And then uh, what are you thinking about? Uh, do we want to put more on special or do we want to just wait for them to be in the podcast? And I think um, then, I'm feeling like the podcast is one of the easiest ways for people to perform a search, find what they're looking for, or simply browse what's there and say, oh, yeah, I want this. Oh, yeah, I want that. Um, if they're replayed on, the, on any of our channels, uh, people will have to maybe sit through and kind of sift a little more slowly and find, oh, maybe this is what I want. Oh, wait, I'm going to come back later because this is not kind of thing. Um, so I just feel like the podcast makes it very simple. But maybe not everybody is a bit, you know has um, a way to get to the podcast. I'm not sure exactly what the best approach is, but I know I'm sure thoughts will be revised as we um, make our way through the weekend and We'll certainly keep everybody posted on, on what's happening. You know, I'm wondering if we want for an ACB radio roundtable, one of them in the future here, to be all about how to access and navigate our podcasts. Would that be oh, yeah. a good topic? Sure. Ooh, I'm distorting now. I turned it up for it to get you. Sorry about that, Uh-oh. everybody. Okay, so, um, but if we did that to uh, have you talk through, because I, uh, Jeff was feeling like a lot of people don't always know how to access podcasts and navigate through them. So maybe, maybe even uh, next week, maybe that would be a great one to talk about because a lot of people have written us and they don't know how to access and locate and all the different ways to find our podcasts and why some of them take longer than others to become available and things like that. Would that be a good topic, Jason? I think so. Uh, You know, it's always nice to educate and explain, give people a better idea if they didn't know already. Yeah, yeah, I think... uh, I think a lot of people really don't know and and a lot about um, podcasting versus um, ACB, well, versus radio. I always thought that radio was like the big deal and podcasts were kind of the where you'd find the after-the-fact kinds of things. But some people, like... Clark and Claire and others um, create podcasts first and then think about radio. Mm, yeah, that's interesting. So, yeah. Well, we probably are at this five-minute break. Um, I have not heard them say anything yet, but I don't want to uh, be in the way of any of that. But um, So tours and exhibits, we're kind of thinking we're going to put into the podcast. We're talking about that and thinking not the ones we can't keep. We know there are tours we can't keep, but we're kind of... Uh, thinking that we might be able to do that with the ones we can keep. Is that what you're saying, Jason, you're thinking? Yes, that's what I'm thinking. It would be a nice place to put them. People could easily access them at any time, and they will, they'll be in our archives. Okay. 
All right, well, I'm going to stop streaming and see if I can hear anything about anyone back from break here. What time do you have? Oh, I went away from my computer, but I'm guessing it's near 11.45. Oh, I think it's after that, I think. Uh, oh, past, maybe. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I this. have... Oh, 11.49. Okay. okay. All right. So I'm going to stop and see if anyone is back here. Let's see. Let me pause here. You're listening to ACB Radio Mainstream and our okay. last day Welcome of back. annual national convention. We are going to move Virtual on with style. our next uh, Rick? presentation. Morning. Dan, you guys. Almost yeah. afternoon here on the West Coast, <laughs> but not quite. Um, and I'm going to recognize Dan Spoon, ACB President, and Eric Bridges, ACB Executive Director, to talk to us a little bit about the ACB Advisory Board. Hello. Thank you, Kim, and uh, welcome back. Yes, we're very excited today to take an opportunity to talk to you about our ACB Advisory Board. Uh, and the Advisory Board, to give you a little bit of history before I turn it over to Eric, was really a, a vision of uh, a friend and colleague and former president of the American Council of Blind, Mitch Pomerantz, who really believed that for the American Council of Blind to take the next step forward, we really needed to reach outside of our organization and, and, and involve uh, friends and colleagues of the blind and visually impaired community. And so... And actually, I believe it was 2013 at our, or maybe it was 2012. Gosh, time just flies by, doesn't it, Kim? But uh, we had a resolution uh, and actually an amendment to our Constitution to allow the American Council of Blind to form an advisory board with some set out guidelines, procedures, and policies to follow. And we had an initial start at an advisory board. And it really kind of, it, it had some good tractions. We, traction, we had some good people, but we, we had a little trouble kind of getting over the hump with, with that particular offering. But this is ACB, right? So we don't give up. We're tenacious. We keep fighting the good fight. And so two years ago, uh, Eric and I got together with now a, a, actually a member of our advisory, advisory board, Aaron Patera, who's the CEO of FMP Consulting, and we asked if she would help us, you know, kind of get to that next step where we could really pull together some visioning exercises, some real white papers, and, and some real thoughts of what we want the, wanted the ACB advisory board of the future to be. And Erin actually hosted us in an all-day meeting in her conference room facilities at FMP. And that was really the, the genesis for our current ACB advisory board. Uh, we worked very hard uh, to put together four white papers uh, that, that laid out a series of goals we wanted to accomplish in the information technology area, the financial area, the communications area, and in the membership services area. And so we took those white papers with their set of goals, and it was really valuable, I believe, to, to actually take our thoughts and write them down and, and generate uh, 
you know, a set of documents that we could present to potential advisory board members. Now, while this was happening, other building blocks were taking place inside of AC, ACB. We had had a wonderful uh, strategic planning session uh, that FMP helped us through in the 2016 timeframe during Kim's administration. And then we had built on that with a series of visioning workshops held by H.J. Markley, who was going to be a member of our advisory board, a vice president from John Deere, until he unfortunately passed away from cancer. But before he did that, he really helped us through a series of visioning workshops where Several ACB leaders, including Eric and Kim and a host of others, met for a couple of, it, this is, sounds odd today, doesn't it, in-person uh, all-day workshops in uh, Washington, D.C., uh, in our Alexandria office to really talk about what what could the future of ACB look like. And so the, the strategic plan, the visioning efforts, that allowed us to then pull together for the first time last October our initial uh, ACB advisory board meeting, again, in person in, in Washington, D.C. It was an all-day meeting, and we, I think, Kelly Gass, I, I, I think her fingers were sore by the end of the day because we were flying through so many no notes and ideas and dreams and thoughts and potential courses of action, and it was just... So stimulating uh, the conversation we had that day, and I believe when when we have Eric speak for a few minutes, he'll share some of those wonderful ideas that came out of that uh, advisory board meeting that have led to some of the things we've accomplished throughout this year. So, uh, our advisory board members that are all members of ACB now, they're all part of our friends and family. Uh, four of them actually were able to come to our convention in Rochester last year. So, it's an exciting group of people. Uh, they're contributing of their time, talent, and treasure each day, and it's really making a difference for our organization. So I'll maybe come back at the end and say a few words to wrap up, but I'd now like to turn it over to Eric Bridges, our executive director, to introduce our members of our ACB advisory board. Well, thanks, Dan. And when we think about the advisory board, what do we want or who do we want? What, what kind of knowledge and background are we seeking? And the answer to that is we're seeking knowledge and subject matter expertise that does not currently reside within the organization, either within the board uh, or officers or within the staff. And so when we, when we think about this, uh, really, this is what I thought a lot about over the last couple of years, who can we reach out to that knows the organization and supports the organization already? So we're not having to train them from the ground up on, oh, let's say, what's a blind person? <laughs> or, you know, what's, you know, what are a couple of the big issues that, that our organization in the blind community face? So folks that, that we are uh, already partnered up with or have collegial relationships with that support the organization and understand the importance of our mission and what we do. We went out 
and found five individuals actually fairly quickly after we uh, spent that that day brainstorming with Aaron Patera. And the first one was Aaron Patera. Um, Aaron Patera, as Dan said, is the president and CEO of FMP Consulting, which is a management consulting firm uh, in Arlington, Virginia. And uh, we had utilized their services to uh, take us through our strategic plan uh, exercise in late 2016 and in, uh, th- through the first quarter of 2017. Uh, Aaron got to know us as an organization uh, as well as her staff, and uh, she gladly came, came along. She has a, a depth of knowledge in, uh, in operations as well as uh, having had a, a broad set of uh, experiences as a, a senior level management consultant and also as the leader of a, you know, a couple hundred person uh, consulting firm. So uh, able to provide a lot of, lot of good advice on organizational structure and, and management. Um, from there, we looked around and uh, a gentleman that had, has been working with us for roughly seven years uh, and been in various roles helping to provide pro bono legal services to the American Council of the Blind, Matt Handley. He is uh, uh, a senior partner at his own firm, uh, Hanley, Farah, and Anderson, which is based in Washington, D.C. Matt uh, has been a, a wonderful partner, understands the advocacy needs and, and issues that, that uh, are occurring and will occur uh, within the blind community. He worked with us on uh, the D.C. taxi cab uh, lawsuit that we had to unfortunately file against four separate taxi companies for refusal of uh, service animals. But he's also worked with us uh, on some other issues. Uh, I'm sure many of you saw the announcement uh, regarding Patreon last week and our work with Patreon to make that platform more accessible to, uh, to content creators. So very pleased to have him as part of this uh, of this advisory committee uh, board, I'm sorry. Brett Humphrey with Microsoft. Brett has a, a technology background, as I'm sure is no surprise to you since he works for Microsoft. Brett also happens to be visually impaired. And so he, he possesses a couple of different things that that are very attractive and appealing. And he he really has gotten to to know the organization and utilizing his knowledge of IT as well as IT infrastructure to make us, uh, to allow us to work smarter. Um, we already work really hard. I'm sure many of you have heard me say this before, but being able to work smarter through the utilization of, of technology and maximization of technology is a big deal. Um, Matt Ader, uh, Vice President of Business Development with Vespero. Uh, Matt is somebody that is known to the to the blind and visually impaired community. Uh, he himself is also visually impaired, which I think is important uh, when we're out looking for candidates. Uh, you know, their their background is very important, but if we can find candidates that have different backgrounds who also happen to have uh, vision loss. I think that there's uh, there's an added 
level of credibility that can come with that. And so uh, Matt actually raised in the first meeting that we had the the concept of doing a blog, which we had been talking about, but through uh, subsequent discussions after our first in-person meeting last October, we are, you know, as you heard earlier this morning from Kelly Gask, we will be launching this blog uh, very, very soon. And uh, a lot of that is through the discussions that we had with Matt Ader. Lee Nasahi, you might have heard her right before the break, as a matter of fact, right before the scholarship winners. Uh, Lee uh, has been a, an executive within the blindness uh, private agency field uh, for many years at the Central uh, uh, Florida Lighthouse in Orlando and as uh, president and CEO of VisionServe. Uh, one of the things that, that she has a, a great amount of understanding and background in, um, you heard about earlier this morning, which is the, the EOS entrepreneurial operating system and being able to train uh, folks on it, but also, uh, you know, really walking the talk in, in having implemented it uh, previously. And what a lot of nonprofits lack is process and, and structure. And within a membership organization, it can be especially challenging. And so ha having her, uh, her her knowledge, but also just her absolute passion and willingness to, to talk with us, to teach us, to but also to listen. Because uh, a membership organization is yet a different flavor than a traditional nonprofit. We're a little bit of a different animal. So some of this stuff as we're going through will, will be customized. Um, some of it will remain the same, but it's wonderful to have Lee as part of our advisory board. And then really the last member that uh, did not attend the meeting, but we've grown uh, a great relationship with is a gentleman by the name of Bill Reeder. Bill has a 25-year history in fundraising and development and uh, actually started his career as a professional opera singer. He's got a really cool background. And uh, he came to us through a relationship with JoLynn Bailey-Page, our, our grant writer and green room producer <laughs> for this convention. And she does a little bit of everything for us. Um, but JoLynn uh, had worked for Bill and reached out to Bill last fall as we were really grappling with uh, the, the subject of development and really wanting to figure out how we could take the next step uh, within fundraising. And Bill stepped in. I got to know Bill uh, quite well. And he's provided us with a ton of just knowledge. He, he's the former dean of the George Mason uh, School of Performing Arts. He's raised hundreds of millions of dollars in his career uh, and actually did a two-hour session uh, with the board of directors in uh, February of this year before the D.C. Leadership Conference, just talking about uh, the, really the nuts and bolts from his perspective of, of good fundraising and uh, has been um, just very helpful for me to get to know him and learn more about development, but also is working uh, closely with Tony Stevens and helping us navigate these waters of COVID-19 and, and fundraising. So those are really the, the six individuals and the expertise that they bring that is helping to make us uh, a more effective organization. Back to you, Dan. 
Thank you, Eric. And I, I have to give a special shout out to Bill because at our uh, DC Leadership Conference, when I got to meet him in person for the first time, he asked me, which my whole family is still cracking up about, if I ever sang opera, because he said, I have a perfect tenor voice. And my family uh, you know, will assure you that I cannot sing uh, if 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 I had my whole life depended on it. So that just tells you the type of person Bill is. He's always looking for that positive uh, way to introduce himself to a relationship. So uh, what a great group of uh, folks that have just uh, given, again, of their time, talent, and treasure to help our organization. And we are so excited that we are going to be getting back together again, hopefully in person, but if not, virtually through Zoom uh, for our second annual advisory board meeting uh, later in October. So stay tuned. Uh, we continue to move down this leadership journey, and it's uh, it's exciting, it's humbling, and, but we could not do it without this wonderful group uh, of advisory board members. And a Indeed. shout out to Mitch. Yes, go yeah. ahead, Eric. One, one final thing. While they are you know, together, they compose our advisory board, we don't just talk to them once a year. We work pretty actively with many of these uh, folks throughout the course of the year. Uh, they have offered to assist us with any number of different projects throughout the course of the year. So while they may only uh, get together as a collective annually, we are working with each of them in different ways throughout the course of the year. And that's very helpful. Oh, most certainly. In fact, I think we're going to be nudging one of them to uh, help us facilitate a lessons learned uh, workshop uh, following this convention. So they continue to just add value each and every day. Yes. Thank you, Eric. And uh, Kim, back to you. I can't wait to hear this next little tidbit about our production uh, uh, capabilities. This is cool. Thanks, Kim. Thank you, Dan. So I know many of you have been wondering how ACB managed to do video and audio and all the different streams and make all of this week happen technically. And um, I'm excited to share with you. I think you probably heard that there was kind of a control center in Alexandria, Virginia, at the national office where Tony is and the team there. But in Boston, we also have a control center where Rick Morin is and, and Rick Morin is. Um, so he's a one man show. And literally, he produced a one man show. We got a short little video and audio to introduce you and let you have a glimpse of the Boston Control Center for the Convention of the American Council of the Blind. So Rick, take it away. Morin, and a lot of people have been asking me about, uh, what's this business about you being in your garage all week or doing this convention? So yeah, I have been, and I figured I'd give you a little tour of this uh, setup that we've got, the studio that we've got the thing we're calling our Control Center Boston. So let me just kind of show you what, what we're doing with everything. We've got four computers, and uh, not everything is running at the moment, but this computer over here is what I use to constantly monitor what is being broadcast on the webinar. So as the webinar is going, as you're watching something, I'm watching it with you here on this computer. This computer here 
is what I use for the people that are presenting live. So if we have somebody like Clark tonight who's going to be presenting live, he's actually going to show up on this computer. And what's on this computer is then going to go into this thing called a switch, which allows me to switch between various devices. So we've got, let's say we've got Clark coming into the switch. And over here, as you can see, I've got a video queued up over here. So Clark will say to me, hey, Rick, can you play the video? And I will switch from him to the video, and you'll see the video play tonight. And this big screen here is my master console where I actually uh, run the webinar and I'm watching the, uh, the webinar itself. So we've got the monitor, we've got the webcam. We've got the recording device, and we've got master control. Over here, I've got my mixer, um, which I used during the auction, along with my microphone. I've got fans. And, Neve, if you just kind of sweep around, you can see that, yes, I'm in the garage. So, <laughs> so everybody, it's been a lot of fun this week. I've really enjoyed doing this, and I hope you've enjoyed this little tour. And uh, we'll see you uh, later in a cooler environment, I'm sure. Take care. You're back. All right. Rick, I can't say enough. Um, thank you for everything you're, you've done this week. I mean, what a lot of tremendous hard work. And we couldn't have done it without you, fella. So thank you so much. All right. It's now my pleasure to introduce um, a great friend of ACB, um, Craig Meador, who is the president and CEO of the American Printing House for the Blind in Louisville, Kentucky. So welcome, Craig, to ACB. Oh, thank you. It's good to be here. As some of our pre-discussion, I, I wish we were all together. I miss the gathering in uh, a chance to connect with so many friends from the field. And uh, just to, but uh, been able to tune in to ACB a few times this week. And I feel the passion hasn't changed, which is really exciting. So, you know, we're, we're looking at the same sort of thing for annual meeting this year. The, we were, we're going to go virtual. We made that decision because of the realities of the world we live in right now that we, it's not safe to bring everyone together. And uh, so this has been very heartening for me, uh, listening to people tune in and, and listening to the speakers, because that it gives me great hope. Of course, that was one of our big concerns. If, if we go all virtual, will you know, how much will be lost in translation? So you guys have given me a lot of hope there, and I'm, I'm excited about that. I feel more upbeat about our virtual annual meeting coming up. Uh, but uh, again, appreciate the opportunity to talk to you and give you an update on APH and uh, uh, to state the obvious, what a year it has been for all of us. Uh, and uh, and it's, a, it's a year that it was sandwiched with a lot of positives. And then we hit the beginning of COVID, which were some downsides and then finished up with some positives again. So, and I know the year's not done, but uh, uh, and hopefully we'll stay positive. But uh, to, to start out with uh, this past year, since last time we talked, which was uh, 
last July, um, we and the American Foundation for the Blind have formed that partnership regarding the Helen Keller archives. Those have all been brought to APH for safekeeping and for display in our museum. And we are in process right now of working through the development of a, a permanent uh, museum display. And we are very excited about that. That was, that was a huge uh, uh, opportunity for us that we were very grateful and thank AFB for. We had the launch of, of CodeJumper, which was our partnership project with Microsoft, a uh, tactile hands-on approach to teaching coding to students who are blind or visually impaired. And this marked our first big international foray as a traditionally uh, uh, American company, um, because the, the agreement with Microsoft is that we would move this product all across the globe within five years. So we have targets we have to hit. We have partnerships in major regions of the, the world, and uh, COVID has slowed some of that down, but we are will be on track very soon on that. This also marked the year of we really started mapping out all our product lines. We traditionally at APH have always relied on fantastic ideas from the field, from consumers, from uh, teachers, from rehab, saying these are the products we need. And then we've kind of responded by building those products, and that has taken us some time to do that. But by doing that type of approach, um, we sometimes run hot and cold. We would find our shelves stocked with a lot of Braille products, but not a lot of low vision products. Or we'd find our, our shelves stocked with a lot of early childhood products, but nothing for CVI. And then so under the leadership of uh, uh, Ann Durham and her team, we have basically stepped back and, and has said, okay, we need, to, we need to put together roadmaps for all our major areas. So we're in the process of developing those roadmaps. We have them out. And as a result, we are being very strategic in our development of products, still relying on the field and consumers to provide us with the information as to what's needed and to provide those ideas for product development but then being very selective in what product comes next. And that's helped us to be more effective and I think efficient. And we're seeing the time it takes for us to get a product from ideation to delivery, go from what originally was above four to six years down to under three. And uh, with a goal of moving that down even further. The other thing that we were able to see happen this year was the launch of the Connect Center. Uh, AFB many years ago created these amazing resources, uh, the Family Connect website, the Career Connect website, uh, Vision Aware, BrailleBug, and, and we became um, uh, owners of those websites a few years ago, and we put those all under the new umbrella, the Connect Center, and that launched this past year, so we're very excited about that. The other good thing that happens when, when things are going well, uh, our board basically, we sat down with our board and our board said, you need to redo your strategic plan. Uh, we launched our strategic plan in late 2017 with the goal of that would carry us through 2023. And as luck would have it and opportunities came our way, we were able to um, achieve about 85% of those goals within two years, which was fantastic. The downside of that is we had to go back to our strategic plan. And for everyone out there that's been part of the strategic plan process, you know how much time that takes. Um, and you know how much uh, 
uh, beside, behind the scenes work that goes into that. But we had to go back and unpack and re-identify some new goals, some new direction. And uh, it took us the better part of 11 months, but I'm happy to say that we were able to launch that new strategic plan this year. Um, and um, so feel really good now that that is done and it's launched. And our biggest focus on that, it, no change in our mission. Our mission is still the same, but a big part of our mission talks about this idea of producing uh, uh, products. And that's basically been APH's uh, our role uh, ever since our, our beginning. It's been about 80% products, 20% service. And a new direction we're going with our strategic plan is we want to get that to more of a 50-50. So question that, that that always begets another question. So what does that look like? If you become 50-50, 50% products, 50% services, what does that look like? Does that mean you're going to cut back on products? Uh, in short, no. We're going to continue doing what we're doing there, but we're just going to up our service game. So Family Connect, Connect Center, Family Connect, Career Connect, Vision Aware, all those things, that's part of that. The other piece of that is we had decided what we really need to be doing as APH in order to provide the services needed for the field. And when I talk about the field, I'm talking about both professionals and families and consumers, is we needed to create what we call uh, for uh, what they call a learning management platform or a learning management service. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm sure those terms aren't interchangeable, but uh, I, I'm interchanging them. Well, we had an idea of what if we went out to the field and we gathered up the expertise of the field and uh, were able to bring that all to a singular launch point. And we would call this, this idea of the hive was born about a year and a half ago. So we went out and uh, we hired a national director of outreach, Leanne Grillet, uh, who is heading that up. But what this will do when this launches is this will provide a platform for us to showcase uh, not only APH services, educational videos, but when there is great instruction or great opportunity happening at all the different agencies uh, and all the different schools and all the different programs, we will be able to link to those programs and showcase the work, the great work that's being done. So in, in essence, we're not going to reinvent the wheel. Um, so someone said, well, will you have a full Braille curriculum continuum on the hive? And the answer is yes. Second question, will APH create that? The answer is no, because there are wonderful Braille programs already out there that are being done by different schools for the blind and different adult agencies for the blind. So our goal would be to go to those agencies and say, you really have a fantastic program. Would you link with us? So when people come to our website looking for a Braille curriculum, we can shoot them off to whether it be Hadley or Perkins or Texas or any number of agencies so that people can realize and start exercising and, and uh, their ability to uh, tap into that brilliance, which is everywhere. So we're really excited about that. And uh, so this was all pre-COVID and things were going great and then COVID hit. First of all, I want to say what an amazing field we, we live in. 
because it was no more than I think we were by mid-March when all everything was shuttering down and kids were being sent home from schools and uh, rehab centers were not bringing clients in and O&M services were stopping. Almost every blindness agency across the board started looking at and consumer agencies, everybody started saying, what are the needs of the people and how do we meet the needs of the people? How do we start providing uh, all this in-person instruction? How do we how do we move this to an online platform very quickly? And for those who already had wonder who were ahead of the game and already had online platforms, how do we magnify that online platform? How do we get these services out to people? Uh, we also saw this for in our for-profit uh, partners, um, not just uh, I'm not just talking APH partners. I'm talking field partners, the Sparrow. Humanware, Objective Ed, uh, um, Ira, and I know I'm going to forget few, so forgive me. I, I'm not purposely leaving anybody out here, but the list goes on and on and on of all of them stepping forward and saying, we're going to provide services free of charge. We're going to provide trainings free of charge. We're going to provide this, provide that. And so it was It was one of those moments when when you say, man, in, in the middle of this, this storm, you really felt pretty sure that you had landed in the right field many, many, many years ago because there was this this coming together of everybody bringing their strengths, bringing their very best with for the same mission, and that was meet the needs of people who have needs. And so it, it was a very exciting time. So that was really cool. So there were pains, but pains created opportunity. Um, and what that did at APH is we said, okay, we have all these plans for the hive, which are at that time, we were looking 16 months out before our official launch and, uh, Leanne, uh, Gary Mudd and the team there, um, basically said, we need to go quicker rather than later. And we need to launch as quickly as we can and they didn't worry about, do we have enough contact, uh, content? They didn't worry about, uh, do we have all the necessary technology in place? Uh, and a big shout out to our tech team here, um, uh, our, our VP of technology, Alejandro, and his team. They were able to put, pull things together very quickly. So they were able to meet the needs of everybody that was being sent home to work at home. But they were also able to set us up uh, for our, our national network and and uh like most companies uh, uh zoom made a lot of money off of us and that's okay because they were the right tool at the right time and then the other thing we did is we connected with some wonderful park partners we connected with uh, tsbvi and we connected with perkins to start to launch daily lessons that happened and they were over a myriad of content so but the what we what was launched was the virtual excel academy with these wonderful partners and then over time more partners came in we started identifying uh, people from the field who had a level once again finding brilliance everywhere which was wonderful and someone out here was a, a had a wonderful O&M piece that they could do. So we brought them on one day and, and then we developed lessons that were geared towards parents. And then we developed lessons that were geared towards students. And all, the, the nice thing is all those. So basically since the start of, of the whole, I'm going to say end of March, we basically had lessons going every day. And when I say we, I'm talking the collective, we, the field, 
had lessons going every day for students and for people who were no longer able to be in school. And all of those lessons are recorded and all of those lessons are available. So this just took off. Other things that happened during that time, we, we launched at home with APH webinars. And so, uh, and once again, this was geared more towards, um, oh, you know, it was open to everybody. Some of these were more geared towards parents and caregivers of students who are out there in the field. So making sure that instruction, that parents wouldn't be left holding the bag. And, you know, being coming from the education field and being an educator most of my grown-up life, you always realize, and, and this is true not only in, in blindness education, but it's true in education education, is you have some parents who are highly engaged and they are the they are the ultimate teacher of that student and then you have some parents who are very disengaged and that's that's true in our field and working with our students so we we made sure that we developed lessons that that spoke to both groups but the idea is parents are the primary educators of their children we we understand that we realize that so let's give them the tools that they need in real time so that they they can make sure that learning continues while they're their uh, children are at home. So we, we got that started as well, and that's been up and running. Um, numerous webinars. Again, I can't speak enough about our for-profit partners who came in and provided instruction on, on different tools, everything from JAWS to the Mac Connect to the Jupyter to using other products that aren't even APH products, but we were able to capture that information to get that out. Um, our communications team, Jonathan Wall there, and uh, started a podcast called Changemakers. And at first, this was kind of like a more or less a, a speaking to the heart of people saying, hey, we're all going through this rough time. How are, how are we navigating this? But then over time, that podcast developed into several other things. Uh, I, I know recently we had uh, Laura Lieberman talking about recreation and, and staying moving during this time. We recently just finished up our last week's podcast, which was... Uh, more of a focus on the the field and where research is going with uh, uh, with folks from John Hopkins from the Wilmer Eye Institute. So very exciting stuff there. Um, so what did all this yield us? Well, we found a new international audience we didn't know that was out there. We had people tuning in on a daily basis from all over the world, um, which was really exciting. Uh, our largest event had over 700 participants in. Um, on average, was more than 125 people every day, and many days exceeded that 250 to 300 people range. And that was a, a, a pretty much across the board. That was a, a breakdown between professionals and parents and students, which was really, really exciting. So we needed to take a break when school season ended. And what we did is we launched an online summer camp. And so we ran a two-week camp for different age groups. So we're in the middle of doing that online camp right now. And that has been well attended. So out of lemons, make some lemonade. That's what we did. So I talked about that. We had positive, then we had that, that negative, which promoted a lot of positive stuff and, and really um, helped us advance a lot of our strategic initiatives uh, along the lines. And this is this was one of those times for, for people who have been on really effective teams or been in the area of leadership. Uh, you know you've hired the right people. Uh, 
when when they see a challenge and they just rise to the occasion and take off running. And then the other thing cool about this is we've noticed through APH is seeing just leadership not only rise up from the ranks at APH, but from the field. I mean, uh, some people that normally you would say, well, that's, that person is a really solid person with a little quiet voice. And just to see that person suddenly come to the top and say, I've got something that will be a benefit to the field and, and giving them a platform to share their, their knowledge has been really helpful. Since we're still in COVID, what does this mean for APH and future going forward? Uh, well, more than likely, we're not going to be traveling anywhere this year. Um, and just to give uh, the listening audience there some idea of we have some individuals that will spend during a normal APH year because we are at every conference and we are at uh, meetings all over uh, the U.S. and sometimes in different parts of the world. We have some people that will travel upwards 100, will be on the road upwards of over 100 to 150 nights a year. Uh, all of that is not happening this year. People are being pulled back in. Uh, so that's, that's a culture shock for some of our folks who are so used to being uh, go, go, going. Um, we are, though, going to take that energy and pour that into providing more virtual support for agencies and groups throughout there. We'll be doing a lot of uh, the virtual conferences and trying to provide showcases and trainings. Already mentioned annual meeting will be online this year. And, uh, but we're really going to use this time, um, the, the, in watching the, uh, taking a, a note from the restaurants and businesses that have been in the Louisville area when COVID hit and they had to shutter their doors, the smart ones and the fortunate ones that were able took that time to do all the upkeep. You, you saw them come in with, uh, their painting, uh, they're putting in, they're doing improvements to their agency in hopes for that day when they were able to reopen, they would be able to move their mission whether that's a restaurant or uh, a business, be able to move their mission a little further, a little faster. So we are going to take this time at APH, realizing we can't be traveling and, and connecting with everybody in that face-to-face -face way. We're going to take this time really to refocus and kind of uh, uh, just catch all those things that have we put off to the side for the last few years during a lot of our changes. So that's a lot of, uh, uh, of what's going on. So we are um, looking forward to this upcoming year. I, I would be lying if I didn't say we have some reservations because um, so much of our mission is being out there with folks face-to-face, -face, and, and that's a change for us. So we are... Um, we're we're looking forward to this year some trepidation but we are going to go boldly and uh that's that's bringing you all up to speed as to APH as of this 10th day of July well Craig that's an amazing um list of accomplishments for an organization going through covid and stepping back and and you know regrouping so quickly and to continuing to provide great programming to professionals and students alike. Um, so my, my commendations to you and your team for um, being very versatile and flexible. Uh, resilient, I think, is a word we're using a lot these days. Uh, sounds like you have a tremendous team that really um, just picked up and ran with it. And I'm finding a lot of 
of us are are learning how to be very creative in new times and and like you said make lemonade out of the lemons that we've been handed so my my kudos to you and and all of the folks at APH for everything that you're doing um our time is limited today but i'm sure there are questions i would urge you um go ahead and send questions um at acb.org a message if you have one and um, I'm sure Janet will love me for saying this, but she she will convey those over to APH and Craig will make sure that um, your questions get answered. So I will. Thank you. So thank you again, Craig, for You're being welcome. with us and sharing um, what's new at APH. Well, our pleasure and our pleasure to serve uh, all the members of ACB. So Hopefully next year we'll all be together in the same spot. Uh, if not, you've already demonstrated that this is a very effective venue for uh, connecting with everybody. So we'll do it away this way well, again. Thank you. And I hope you'll stay with us for the rest of the morning. And we um, hope to talk to you again soon. All right. All right. I'm going to see, um, recognize um, Deb Trevino, who is the co-chair of the ACB Awards Committee for a special presentation. Deb? Kim, Deb wanted to take the opportunity to go ahead and present this tonight at the banquet. Oh, all right. Yeah. I I didn't get that message. I am so sorry. I apologize. (laughs) But we will hear from Deb tonight at the banquet. So thank you. Thank you. Well, someone else will be introducing her this evening. That's great. So, all right. Um, Teresia is with us. Yes, yeah, she's she's okay. uh, got a wonderful video. It's very, yes, very good. Okay, all right. Well, um, I'm going to introduce our next presenter, someone who Dan and um, several ACB members had the opportunity to meet and hear present at the Sagebrush Conference in Las Vegas back in February. Seems like a whole lifetime ago. Um, Teresa Hout, and she's from Caldwell, Idaho. And Teresa is the owner operator of TL Vending, and she's been doing that since 1989. She is a deaf-blind entrepreneur with a master's degree in in uh, business administration, and she's an active, productive vendor in the Randolph Shepherd Vendors Program. And we're looking forward to hearing her presentation to us today. Thank you for inviting me to the conference. I really appreciate this opportunity. My name is Teresa Hout. I'm from Caldwell, Idaho. I am a Randolph Shepherd vendor for the past 25 years. I currently now run a vending route and a micromarket. Um, I have a master's degree in business administration. I just graduated in 2015 so this kind of really exciting it was a new journey for me but i wanted to just share my story what it's like living as a deafblind entrepreneur mother friend and co-worker um when i was 10 years old i was diagnosed with retina pigmentosis slash macular degeneration. At that time, they were really not quite sure what the issues were. So I went through a lot of testing, 
some actually, believe it or not, at 10 years old, some psychological evaluations because my parents were divorced and they thought I just wanted attention. And kind of a funny story here, my last visit to the psychologist actually got me sent to Dr. Green, an ophthalmologist in Boise, Idaho. And I was at his office and he started slamming his fist down on the table and saying, you need to stop this. Your behavior is not appropriate for a child of 10 years old and faking that you are blind is not going to get your parents back together. And I'm sitting there totally shocked as a little kid going, wait a minute, I'm not sure what you're talking about. And to understand, I'm quite a spunky person. So at four feet, nine inches, I stood up. Well, I probably was only about four, six. I stood up and I looked at his pretty dark wood desk and I was so angry, so upset that nobody would believe me that I was visually impaired and it had nothing to do with my parents, that I just took everything off his desk and it all went on the floor. And I put my hands on his desk. I think I looked like a little sergeant or something because he just stared at me with shock. And I said, look, I'm not faking. I am visually impaired. And I can't see. And that is not fair for you to treat me like this. And I'm not speaking to you anymore. So I went out of the room and I sat by my mom in the waiting room. And the funny thing is, she goes, how'd you go? I'm not going back to him. And if you want to send me far away to a girl's home, I don't care. But I can't see. And this has got to stop. And the funny thing is that the doctor calls my mom back in and that's when he gave her the name for Dr. Green. I went and seen Dr. Green and he said, you know, in Nampa, we have a brand new specialist in retinal degenerations and it was Dr. Peter Jensen. And let me tell you, to this day, he is my hero. Because I went through three and a half hours of testing and I found out that I had the retina macular degeneration slash RP. Well, the funny thing is when he walked into the room, he put his hand on my shoulder and he said, I promise to be honest with you. And I said, yes, that's all I want is honesty. And he told my mom that I was going blind and that most likely by the time I was 18, I wouldn't be able to see the sun come up again. Of course, that was very emotional for me. And when I think about it, even today, it brings tears to my eyes to think someone cared so much to be honest and upfront with me on a life-changing journey. But did I, little did I know that that was just the beginning of my wonderful journey in life. Because now I am 57 years old, I can still see some things. So I never did make the 18-year-old mark of going blind. So never, ever give up because we don't know what our future holds. So from that day forward, my mom just said I was going to be raised as a normal child and that I would be have the opportunities to do what everybody else does. I find that 
being a visually impaired adult, it was quite trying because my family actually didn't quite know how to deal with blindness. So I had to be quite creative to how to get things done. The school at the time in the 70s didn't quite know what to do with me. So I was only given half of the work, which is a total unjust. But I persevered and got through it and graduated from high school, got married at the age of 17, had my first child at the age of 20, and I got to see his beautiful blue eyes when he was born. To me, it was a complete miracle. But as life went on, we raised our children. But at the age of 28, I started losing my hearing. Just when I thought everything was going great in life, another disaster happened. So I called my mom, and I knew she couldn't hear me on the phone. And I said, Mom, I know you can't. I can't hear you, but you can hear me. You have to come to the house right away. My hearing over the years had decreased. But now, Mom, I can't hear anything. Can you come and help? Thank goodness at that time, my mom only lived a mile away from where we lived. And she was there quite quickly. So I'm thinking, okay, I can do this. I survived blindness. I'm not going to allow deafness to get me down. I wasn't that afraid little girl anymore, wondering what life had to hold. So when by the time my mom got there, I went and grabbed one of my easel boards that I used for the kids, 12 by 18 and a marker. And I said, here, mom, you're going to have to write down. You've got to call Dana at the Idaho Commission for the Blind, and she will know what to do to who to contact to deal with deafness. So I got in contact with the Helen Keller Foundation. Um, they asked me to go to Seattle, Washington and see a specialist to see if I qualified for the cochlear implant. I am proud to say after 25 years, I've used the cochlear implant and it has been just a tremendous miracle for me. So I beat deafness as well. So now I can have selective hearing, which is kind of a really awesome thing because if you don't want to listen to people, you just turn them off and then I hear nothing. But most people just laugh at me when I say that, but it's okay. So anyway, at that time, I was in the BEP program and had to take a leave of absence. I went back to the BE program in 2003 and was running a cafeteria and a vending route in the Canyon County area, which consists of Nampa and Caldwell. Um, it's always been very successful. I have found that using a cochlear implant is kind of challenging because some of the sounds that I hear and the sounds that you hear are completely two different worlds. Um, so kind of what I wanted to share was just the different challenges of being in business with dual disabilities. I know some call it dual senses. So when you run a business and you're visually impaired and hearing impaired, it makes communication quite challenging. 
Um, luckily, I have a great driver. So if somebody is speaking to me and I don't hear them, he's very bad about saying, he just says, excuse me, she's hard of hearing. She's deaf. She is implant. And it's amazing how people understand that you are visually and hearing impaired, that most often, I say strangers, do take the opportunity to backtrack their steps and give me the opportunity to hear what they're saying and have a meaningful conversation and assist their needs at the vending machine. Uh, currently now, I just do the cafeteria closed about six years ago. But, you know, it's an interesting factually impaired People think, oh, my goodness, that poor person. And, you know, I want to stress, please don't pity the people with disabilities. We have such courage. We have many, many dreams and a couple times to get there. But we do it with pride and we usually hold our Raising children with disabilities, I have to say, is kind of interesting because my young guy bouncing the ball in the house and he knew at that point in time I couldn't hear him when he was in the bedroom. And I would yell back, stop bouncing your ball. He come running out of his room and he would talk and look at me so I could hear him and sign at the same time. How you know I'm bouncing my ball? And I says, because I can feel the vibration in the floor. Uh, Mom, you know everything. I says, oh, I wish I did, but stop bouncing the ball. And he would just laugh and giggle and go back to his room. So those are actually some interesting, rewarding moments when you're deaf that, you know, children learn they can't get away with everything while you're um, being disabled. and I am very blessed. My children really don't think of me as disabled in any way. They just say that I'm a very unique mom and they are proud of who I am. And I am so proud to be their mom as well. When I went to college, this is kind of stretching into the years because I started when I was just 48 years old and I went going to college was a dream. So I signed up for my bachelor's degree and for business administration with an emphasis on human resources. When I got to the call line, thank goodness, um, I still found that trying to get books in digital form was very difficult, even in the 2000s, excuse me. But I worked with the um, ADA officer and said you know we've got to do better here there's going to be many people younger than i am that's not going to understand they're just going to expect it to be there and they're not going to advocate for themselves so i felt it was very important that not only was i advocating for myself advocating for future visually and deaf students in the future Working with them over the three years that it took me to get my bachelor's degree done, 
they actually was doing very well. And even my ADA assistant, when they couldn't get a book, would actually read the book on audio and send it to me. So I told her she was learning as I was learning, and she just laughed. So when I was about two months out from graduating with my bachelor's degree in business, I was offered a scholarship through the Independence University to get my master's degree in entrepreneurship. And since I was already an entrepreneur in the business enterprise program, I couldn't pass the opportunity up. So that took me another two years and two months into the future. And I am very proud to say that I graduated from the business program and the master's degree was a point 4.0 average. And I thank the university and their staff and their professors because they worked very hard with me and realized all my weeks and my strengths. So as time went on, I find that when you live with disabilities in life, it's like running your canoe down the Snake River. You never know if you're going to be in the rapids. You never know if you're going to be sailing just smoothly across the water and you don't know what's around the next bend. And that's how my view is on life. You don't know what the next thing brings. But I do know that every day that the sun rises and you see the glimmer of gray come over the mountains, there is hope for a new day and another opportunity to make a difference. So I always like to share usually one of the most embarrassing moments in my life. This one was interesting. My husband was taking me out to dinner at the Outback. And I said, excuse me, I need to go to the ladies' room. And I wasn't paying attention. And I went into the bathroom. And after I closed my stall doors, I realized I just passed a men's urinal. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh. Oh, but I have to use the restroom. I cannot wait. So I went to use the restroom. And the next thing I know, there is this gentleman that came in and I was like, oh my gosh, how am I going to get out of here? And so he's like, oh, don't worry, honey. I'm sure you can't see a thing. There's not much there. And I just chuckled and said, it's okay. So, you know, you would think that you're in the most embarrassing time of your life and you would just run out the door. No, I walked up, washed my hands, and left. And I was so embarrassed. I based about almost crawled back to the table. And my husband's like, What's wrong? I said, I just went in the wrong restroom. He's like, Are you kidding me? No. And I'm so embarrassed. He goes, Why? Because there was a guy in there. And he goes, Did you see anything? That's no, I'm blind as a bat. He just started laughing at me. And the gentleman walked by and patted me on the shoulder. And he goes, it's okay, darling. It's no big deal. You didn't see anything important. And I was just like turning totally beet red. And my husband was laughing. Anyway, but 
the good thing is I did make a friend and I got a piece of free chocolate cake out of the deal. He sent it over to our table as an apology because he said he probably shouldn't have said anything. And I was like, oh, it's okay. As a blind person, I'm always doing embarrassing things. I'm running into something that people or I see say say something that it's what I look like it says and it's not what it says. But yeah, it was really, even to this day, it's still embarrassing. So I can have to say I do triple and double check to make sure now I'm going in the right restrooms. So um, one of the other joyous things I have to say as a deafblind entrepreneur and one of the most rewarding aspects of life is just the many opportunities that are given to everybody out there. So I want to talk about a challenge now that I had as a deafblind entrepreneur. Me and the business specialist and a co-vendor from Idaho was invited to go to NAMA to the White House to speak on some important issues. The trip was going great. We did some sightseeing. And the night before at our banquet dinner, I was getting ready and I went to put my cochlear implant back on. And my cochlear implant maps had been 100% erased. So at that point, I was functioning with just my vision and completely deaf. And I was traveling with two people that had never been to Washington, D.C. I had been there the year before and visited with our senators and our congressmen. And at the dinner, I was able to meet at that time, Eric Dell, who was the vice president of NAMA Government Affairs, which I explained to him. It was very rewarding the opportunity to meet him. But at this point, my cochlear implant kind of buzzed out on me and I'm going to be function as a deaf person today. And he just smiled and um, later m my co-vendor uh, wrote me a note and said, he said, that's fine. And he would talk to me later. So anyway, um, as dinner went on, the BEP specialist, he goes, do you want to just stay in your room or do you want to go to Capitol Hill with this? I says, heavens, I'm going to Capitol Hill. They're just going to have to deal with me the way I am. I says, dealing with blindness and deafness is not as challenging as you may think, especially when you have perseverance which I have a lot of. Failure is not an option to me. Um, I will find a way. So um, thank goodness to technology, the iPhone. They were able to communicate with me through text messages because I was able to enlarge the print big enough and use my magnifier. And when we got there, got to the Capitol, and I got to see Senator Risch, and he comes up, he gives me a nice hug, and he writes on a sheet of paper, I'm sorry, you can't hear. Are you going to be okay? Yes, sir. You just don't have to listen to me ramble today because I'm going to let these gentlemen and young lady take the floor today. And 
his smile on his face and he just put in bold print, you are such an inspiration. And I just looked at him and said, thank you. Well, the same thing kind of happened with Senator Mike Crapo. He was surprised and he told me that he was going to take me to the Senate floor because I could talk as long as I want and nobody could interrupt me. And I said, oh, what a wonderful opportunity. But I think I'll pass today because I would really like to hear the comments. So maybe one day I'll go back and do that. So that was kind of a rewarding thing. Um, it actually tested my perseverance. It tested my courage. And just, you know, we had a great time. The trip went great. Flew home. It was no great deal. But I did, out of that, got a brand new cochlear implant, um, the Nucleus 7. Now, um, it is really wonderful. It actually pairs up with my iPhone. So anything that's read on my screen, anything, people talking, videos, instead of me happening to listen real careful to my phone, it just goes directly to my implant and it blocks out all the background noise. So I actually feel very blessed that I've had these different opportunities and challenges in life because I believe those opportunities and challenges is what made me the person I am today. So um, I am currently now working on a memoir, been working on it for two years, living life with dual disabilities. I have actually found doing the research about yourself, how much you can learn about yourself, what makes you tick from the inside out, what makes you want to get up in the morning? What makes you, you know, just tick throughout the day? Um, I have lots of different, you know, stories that will be in my memoir from childhood that during my research, talking to aunts, uncles, cousins, that they reminded me of beautiful memories as a child. And was expected just to be just like the rest of the group during family gatherings. I also want people to know hobbies are really important. People laugh at me when they hear my hobbies because they know I'm visually impaired and hard of hearing. And one of the biggest hobbies I have is NASCAR. I am a 100% racing fan. You can find me every Saturday night at the Meridian Speedway track, visiting with the concession stands, visiting with all the drivers. And it's just something that those guys know. Many of them even put special lights on their cars so I can see where their car is on the track because with my vision, when they get in turn, two and three and part of four, I can see that I can see something moving. So it just makes it, you know, kind of fun to know that people like that do that for people that they've only met a few times. Some of the drivers I've known since I was seven, eight years old, I'm a very big fan of the San Francisco 49ers, never miss a game. So it's kind of, you know, sports, even though you can't see it, you can hear it and you can enjoy it. Sports when I was growing up was difficult. I didn't do a lot of sports. I did barrel race until I was 14. 
My last barrel race was when I was 15. It just got more challenging as the competition got deeper. And it was difficult because some of the people didn't think that a blind person should be on the back of a horse galloping through and around all those barrels. And at 15, I could barrel race at about a 17.8 seconds. And I told them, I'm sorry, my percentage is just as good as some of the pros. But it was one of those times when you're young and I didn't have the the courage to always stand up for what was right. But it's still, I love riding horses still today. Um, I just want everybody to know that no matter whether you have a disability or not, you always have something in your life that challenges you as a person. And I always tell people, don't let that challenge define who you are. Let that challenge lift you to who you can be. So I just love, you know, sharing my story. Um, I love the opportunity to work with the American Council for the Blind. Look forward to working with you in the future. I owe a great big thanks to Dan, Artis, Rick. I mean, you guys have all been fantastic. I great this opportunity is such a blessing to me. Thank you. If anybody needs to contact me with questions, you can contact me through my email, which is tlvending at msn.com, all lower cases. I look forward to seeing you in the future at the American Council for the Blind and Visually Impaired Conferences. I use the attend sagebrush. I also want to say thank you to, to Rick and Brian. The Sagebrush Convention of 2020 was the best convention I ever had. Since my cochlear implant tied with my phone, I was able to tie that in with their live radio and was able to come back with so much information. So thank you. God bless you. I want to leave you with one thing my grandma always told me growing up. Her motto was, there's no mountain too high to climb, no cliff too high to reach. And she told me, reach for the stars and follow your dreams and be the best that you can be. And I follow that today, every day. I also, at the end of the day, reflect back on my day to make sure I have taken every opportunity to make a difference, not only for me, but for many people who live with blindness and deafness. God bless. Thank you. All right. What a tremendous presentation. Thank you, Teresia, and just what a great message to wind down our Friday general session. I want to recognize David Trott, who has some important announcements, and then we'll hear from Janet Dickelman, who has very important business to conduct, including door prizes. David. Hello, ACB. It's a great day to be treasurer of this organization. I tell you, it, it's just exciting. And when you hear some of the announcements, you'll know why I'm so excited. But first, let's talk about hymns. 
Hems is raffling off a Q Braille XL Braille display. For a $20 raffle ticket, you can get a chance to win. If you buy a Q Braille, you will automatically be entered. And if you win, 100% of your money will be refunded. But of these $20 tickets, 100% of these tickets goes to ACB. So y'all give them a call, buy your ticket, and just enjoy and good luck. Something I thought, I've been associated with the Braille form raffle tickets. I can, you know, I'm getting old. I can't even remember when I started this thing. But I'm going to be able to say something that I've never been able to say before. Don't call the national office, folks. We are sold out. Good luck tonight. Wow. <laughs> and now, another bit of good news. I'm not going to give you an exact number. I just talked to our president, Dan Spoon. Dan and I are going to go in together and give a nice gift card. And I ain't going to tell you how much. Whoever's 321, though, will get a nice gift. And I will give you a hint. We're over 300. We're a little bit over 300. Might even be over 310. So you could be that 321st person. So give them a call today. You can email askacbmms at gmail.com or call 202-743-0755. And thank you so much, ACB. You, you supported our fundraiser so much this year. It, it's an exciting time. And you know that we had some financial deficits this year. You came on board. You contributed a significant amount. And we are truly, truly grateful for your love for ACB. And have a great con- rest of convention. And tune into the banquet tonight. Somebody's going to be $500 better off. Oh, maybe $1,000 better off. And one lucky person's going to be $5,000 better off when they win the Braille Forum Raffle. Thank you, Kim. And Kim, it's great to be working with you today. You know, uh, you've been first a lot of times. You were the first lady president. Now you're the first presiding officer of the day. So maybe there's more firsts to come in your life. Have a great convention, guys. Thanks. Thanks. Janet. All right. I have news from the mini mall, sidewalk sale at the mini mall, 10% off wireless earbuds, backpack, the zipped ACB tote, the buckled messenger bag, the stainless water bottle, and 2% off all Path to the Future items. And to order, call the mini mall at 877-969-6255. And I'm going to do a couple door prizes, but just so you know, we do have several left for the banquet, so you want to make sure you stay tuned for that. We have uh, $25 donated by Wisconsin Council of the Blind to Kathy Farina of Albany, New York. We also have a $25 Amazon gift certificate from Washington Council of the Blind to Sarah Gales of Fort Collins, Colorado. Back to you, Kim. Thank you. All right. Well, it's been a pleasure for me to preside um, today. It was um, a a very pleasant surprise and just a little nostalgic for me. But I have to tell you, um, a lot of people have called me and said, you know, how does it feel to be not responsible for everything? You know, you must be just relaxing and resting after your six years as president. I have to tell you, that Dan Spoon comes up with more things for me to do than I ever think I ever came up with for my first vice presidents to do or officers or past presidents. So 
he is keeping me very busy and um, I have lots to do um, in my time as a media past president, but it's great work and I enjoy it. And it, I know it's making a real difference. So um, I just want to say, don't forget about this evening, our speaker, um, Roy Samuelson. He is going to be terrific talking about his, his career, his work with audio description as an audio description narrator for programs. He's going to give us some interesting stories about working in Hollywood and just all kinds of great stuff. So you don't want to miss that. And now I'm going to turn it back to Dan. Thank you, Dan, for the opportunity. And uh, we'll talk to everybody later. Thank you, Kim. And thank you for all that you do. And thank you for being there whenever I make those annoying phone calls uh, in the middle of the evening. So thank you so, so much. And, and great job today. What a wonderful program. Just a quick reminder that remember, besides our great programs we're having throughout the afternoon with the breakout sessions at six o'clock, tune in for the Board of Publications highlight show of the convention. At seven o'clock, we'll have the pre-banquet uh, uh, meeting and, and, and chat with Debbie and Tony uh, leading into our wonderful banquet this evening at 730 Featuring Roy Samuelson, as as Kim mentioned earlier, it's I've heard I've heard ep- excerpts of this, and it's going to be just a wonderful speech and conversation. And then, of course, after that, we'll have the wrap up show with Tony and Debbie, and then a great live community chat with Cindy and all her folks on all broadcast on ACB Radio Mainstream. I just want to again say thank you. How honored I am to have an opportunity to preside over this first ACB virtual convention, ACB, ACB, A Pathway to the Future. This now concludes our general sessions and our business meeting for this year. We will stand adjourned until 2021 in Phoenix, Arizona, where we will get back together on Sunday. Hopefully, I'm thinking of it right, July 25th. 2021. So with that, I'm ringing the good news bell. Congratulations to everybody. You make me so happy and so proud to be a member of this organization. Have a wonderful afternoon and we'll see you tonight at the banquet. Bye. Thanks. And let's turn it over to Debbie and Tony and our connection show. Take it away, guys. Thank you, Dan. And thank you, Kim. That was wonderful coverage this morning. Thank you. We're sounding a little bit more distant because we have the mic in a little different placement this time because I have our executive director, Eric Bridges, with us. Oh, good. Great. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. How are you? How are you doing today? And you were on there a couple times this morning. Yeah, I went almost a whole week without speaking. Oh, no. We're saving up for the very end. Best for last. (laughs) That's right. That's right. (laughs) No, it's been uh, been quite a week. It, it, it has. It certainly and it's, uh, has. It's still not done yet. We got some general sessions coming up. So breakouts. Yeah, the breakout yeah. sessions. So so be sure to check those out. Uh, we Microsoft got has Microsoft a full afternoon. Be, right? And I think they're on mainstream, right? They Debbie? are. And Deb Lewis will be streaming. And Jeff Bishop, our, our star Jeff Bishop, will be uh, giving some of that presentation i think a fair amount of it um so that's going to be exciting on the afternoon yeah yeah 
Splendid. So we have made it through all of our general sessions. And all we have now is the big banquet tonight. Yep. We should have Oded, the uh, the head of his CEO of Orcam, on right. the drawing tonight during our convention connect tonight. So folks and, can tune in. Yeah, and he was wondering at the beginning or near the end. I was thinking near the beginning, right? Did you answer him? Yeah, we'll do it near the beginning. Beginning, I mean, can, yeah. <clears throat> but you know, we can. Uh, he's welcome to stay on. For, sure. You know, yeah. But we'll say about seven ten. Probably mm-hmm. seven five seven ten. So I'll shoot him a note after this. Let him know. That was a a, a great tour of Rick's garage, and um, you know I know there's been a lot of um, concern about wanting to make sure that no one is left out. I got a note about uh, someone wanting to make sure Sharon has been included in thanks. And I mean, you know, absolutely there. She has, she works hard all year long. Doing all sorts of calls. Yeah. At the same time, she's at the the help desk almost. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Even though we want folks, you know, have wanted folks to call the Minneapolis office, a great number of folks have still called here looking to register. Oh my goodness. This is what they know. Right. I, we get some ACB radio calls that Sharon, uh, sends our way and says, this person just kept me on the phone for a good while. They want some answers. And, well, you know, we're all here, and we do our best to reach everyone, and, and we appreciate well, we got to go back to reality on Monday. We'll be, that we'll be back in our, our, our regular seats, which aren't too far from the seats we're in right now, actually. There may be a certain amount of this that spills over into the new quote-unquote reality. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure we could probably... Uh, mm. I think you'll hear uh, National Office again on ACB Radio. Indeed. We'll yeah. I hope so. I've been talking a little bit about our own, that. Our own pirate yeah. radio station. Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah. On, on radio as well as Facebook Live. That's right. And YouTube. Yeah. We've Indeed. overcome our own learning curves through this whole process. So it's been mm-hmm. great in the sense that, you know, there's been things we've been wanting to do, and now we know how to do them and not just do them, but do them, you know, I think well enough to have a, a a product that you'd be proud of at the end. So, yeah, I was getting an idea after last night's advocacy boot camp that we could do more often on ACB Radio. I, that was just what a great way for people to learn about advocacy from those stories and from hearing the individuals themselves speak about those challenges. That was really, really great. Yeah, I mean, I think that it really highlights that that advocacy isn't. You know, it doesn't come in one shape or size, and it's mm-hmm. never a, it's never a straight line either. And no. you know, being persistent and, and persevering, and, and ultimately knowing you know knowing what you want as the the resolution to whatever it may be, and, yeah. and keeping your eye on the on the prize. And mm-hmm. it's a day to day kind of thing. It's <clears throat> it's an yeah. ongoing, many situations kind of thing. Yeah. So. Well, we got you now here, Eric. Your overall feeling after finishing general session of, of what two months ago seemed like an eternity away? <laughs> I'm exhausted and relieved. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am very proud. I am extraordinarily proud. Uh, this, this whole thing, and I know that we've said it a couple of times, but it, it could have taken a very uh, uh, unfortunate turn. Uh, from a financial standpoint mm-hmm. with the hotel um, as we made the decision to take it virtual could have cost us a lot more money we were able to negotiate with the hotel and um, you know 
actually negotiate to come back in 2023 yeah. uh, and then really begin the, the real work of, okay, so we had all of this stuff in process for an in-person convention. How much of that ought to remain for virtual? How much of it can remain? What do we use? I feel like only just because of the Constitution by being in D.C. where we couldn't vote and resolutions, that this was, felt like everything else in the convention. Yes. Like this was the whole the whole truck showed up. Yep. Aside from getting lost going from meeting to meeting. Yeah. Um, Which I, I'm still digging through emails that, uh, oh to try gosh. to find links, but yeah. <laughs> it's not nearly as exhausting. No, no. And I'm not fighting with my dog what's, trying to what's get What's fascinating out. is I'm still experiencing the same level of exhaustion and I'm not walking three miles a day like I would at a convention. No, it's totally. There's no different. relief area. Yeah, that's yeah. It's been, uh, <laughs> the, the smells are a little different than conventions. Yeah, yeah. Both at the relief area and you know, sometimes in a large crowd and people not bathing for a few days. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, moving on. Um, <laughs> oh, I'm usually too busy. Talk about this. But I find it wow. gives you your own corner in the elevator. It Although does. now you get your own corner anyway. Yes, you, don't you have do to, with a mask. Yeah, you can. You don't have to not bathe. To that's right. Corner. Hey, I just see uh, that Patty Cox is raising. Oh, hey. How are y'all doing? It's been a great convention. Um, I didn't get to hear a lot of it. I've been answering phones, but I've got Samantha here with me, and I want to give you all uh, some information about some of the products that we have on sale. We have our backpack in our purse. Real quick, because we also got to start by saying thanks to Humanware, where you can listen to this convention on the Victor stream. So you can tune into 980 Bank on the the Victor stream and the Trek. Um, So thanks to Humanware for sponsoring the Convention Connect. And now we're ready for the mini mall moment. All right, now. Um, Okay. All right. Along with our backpack and our purse that is 10% off, we have the new ACB caps. And there is an array of colors, and it has the logo on it, the full logo. We also have our buckle messenger bag. Um, that's 10% off. We do have ACB bracelets that are a 32-gig um, USB flash drive. We have our earbuds that are um, 10% off. And... Um, I wanted to show everybody um, one of the pictured items that we have that have the official picture um, on it. And this is our keepsake box. They are $2 off today. It is a ceramic tile with the picture on it in the middle. Um, Sorry about that. Somebody's already calling. Um, And it's black lacquer or uh, mahogany finish. This one is black lacquer. And it does have a white velvet um, inside. And on the bottom, it has velvet on the bottom so that it doesn't scratch anything. And uh, you can call us at 969-MALL. I mean, sorry, 877-969-MALL, or you can call 877-969-6255. Sorry, everybody's trying to call right now. How long <laughs> is? are you all going to keep that number? Do you know? I am not for sure. Okay. Um, that's a question for Carla. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Okay. I will say for a second there, because we're listening to you through a tiny speaker. I thought you said instead of caps, I thought you said cats. Yes. It's under the <laughs> uh, no, I, I'm, I'm not going to give away. I'm not going to sell the two cats that are in my house. Oh. No, no, okay. no, 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 that I just thought maybe like sometimes we'll have the little like guide dog plushies you can get, you know, like a little a, a cat yes. for my dog to walk around with. He could just hold it like his little stuffed animal. Well, one has sat with me on the bench the whole time from eight Aww. to eight and nine a.m. till 9 p.m. So um, it takes the breaks I take, Aww. which is not Aww. many. Oh, well, hang in there, Kat. Hang in there, Pat. Thank you so Thanks much. Thanks for everything. Oh, it's been do. great. Thank, Thank you. you. So, Tony, would you like a purse for your birthday? I would love one, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> That's we can make that happen. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I know someone else that would like it that I would just gift it to. Oh. I see. Mm-hmm. Luckily, her birthday is a couple of months after my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> I like I hang on to the purse for the whole year. <laughs> right on. So, thank you, Eric. Right. Yeah. Mm. Anytime, man. Velvet sounds nice. I love velvet. The Vox. I like box. crushed velvet. Yes. Wow. Mm. Ah, Debbie. Wow. Wow. And, you know, uh, Cindy was so excited when she called me this morning about Dan coming to the community call in the evening and how... She wanted to have this, well, Dan wanted the community call to be on mainstream. How cool is that? Tonight. Tonight. You know, a place for people to go hang out. <laughs> so, so was there a way, because someone was asking on one of the lists about. Um, it's sort of like everybody wanting to head somewhere to get a late night snack after everything else, you know, just to hang out. That'd be night. great, except our hotel has no food. So It's called Nightcap. <laughs> We're going to have a nice dinner tonight here in the office. I'm sure. Just like the regular banquet. Which will really help me stay up till midnight party and afterwards in the after party. Tony gets some rubber chicken. I do. Very good. A nice cream sauce. Yeah. Lukewarm. And then one of those like chocolate fluff things, mousse fluffs. What are those called? Oh, like the little, chocolate mousse. Flourless yeah. chocolate Flat. cakes. Oh, I no, love that like flourless chocolate cake. Uh, mousse? Like a, I guess it's mousse. <laughs> I hate nieces to pieces. I just think of, I was hunting in upstate New York and I shot a moose. <laughs> hey, Rocky, watch me pull a rabbit out of my head. Hey, Rocky. <laughs> we could do this for hours, but I oh know. my goodness, time to go. Is it, is it time? What time is it? We, we got, got four st- minutes. So. We got started we, late. We, we, I think Deb's kicking over this stream. She so. is. Oh, yeah. The Sorry, other Deb. Deb. She is. It's Deb, a Deb day. You know, thanks for. You know, this wouldn't be possible without all the Zoom facilitators. And, and folks know that you know, right. Deb cook has really been leading that effort. She has so thanks, Deb, awesome. and to all your Zoom facilitators. Mm-hmm. Yes. A whole <laughs> army of folks that have been, you know, working to make sure meetings go. And they've been for, for tagged hundreds of invites. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And, and email Zoom invites. Helping everybody reorganized every day, like, to know where to go. She has. I wish I could do it. Oh, my gosh. The only thing is I had to read it. I had to make sure I read it and read it in the right place, you know? (laughs) Click on the right links. But she did it. She did everything else. It's like having your own personal attendance. That's right. And hopefully everyone else at the convention felt a little special this week, too. We We wanted to try to make it as personal as we could for everybody. So thanks for joining us. And thanks for being a part of, of a historic, no doubt, um, event in our history as an organization. And just it's unbelievable. As a world. It is really unbelievable. There's no other organization that has produced this amount of content, uh, you know, in this format. I would argue d- during COVID, I've not, yeah, I've not anywhere, seen a yeah. company, a for-profit enterprise, attempt and execute what we've just done. 
it's it's truly amazing. And not in three months. <laughs> yeah, I doubt. hours already up on yeah. podcast. So, you know, check out the acbvoices.org. We'll probably hit live on that, you know, over the weekend. Um, we'll send out an announcement. Um, we'll be posting the convention stuff up. We're already getting stuff up on YouTube. So, you know, sponsors are, are getting put up on YouTube, but then we'll also be putting some other convention stuff. We did our other, also a little behind the scenes here at the national office and Rick did that as well up in Boston. So we're just excited to have everybody, you know, be a part of this, but hopefully we can still just have it. as not just more than just a memory. So that's for sure. It will list, it will uh, live forever. It, it is our, graduation. Graduate. Yeah. So. It is 1.0 graduation. For it pomp is. and circumstance, because it's been such a visceral experience, right? <laughs> Bravo, Debbie. Uh, well Bravo. done, madam. Well yes. done. The gauntlet has been thrown, and I yield. <laughs> that was fun. Debbie, it's been fantastic this week. I'm going to yes. miss you. I know. I know. We're going to have to work together again, indeed, yeah. and have fun. Awesome. So. Well, thanks right. to Humanware, and you can listen on the Victor Stream, and um, you know for sponsoring the Convention Connect, and everybody else, all of our other sponsors, all of our individual sponsors. Yes. So. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Thank you. And I'll be tuned in right over here, waiting on Deb Lewis. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>